everybody. Everybody's doing the preamble dance now. Come on, baby, do the preamble dance. It's not as fun if you, you know, Come call on, it baby, a preamble. preamble. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't, doesn't feel as natural, Christy, yeah. If, uh, yeah. if you say, oh, preamble, preamble, preamble. Shut up, I'm into it. Come on, baby, do the preamble dance. Da 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 da, making small talk together. Da 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 da, something else about small talk. So come on, come on, and do the preamble motion dance with me. Our our professional improv artist here, folks. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do supernatural. Yeah. Well, here we can we can have some drink shaking as part of our preamble too. Yeah, shake it, shake it like a Polaroid are- picture. <laughs> you guys are a fucking editing nightmare. I just want to. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, thank you, thank you yeah, so goddamn much. Dance. Oh, good. Now Christy's out, so yeah. we're. I did my part. Preamble. I guess, preamble. I guess that's as good a time as I need to say. Uh, welcome back, everybody, to Dance Robot Dance. Uh, this is episode sixty-eight. <laughs> I can't tell. Christy's having a stroke, or what's going I'm on over dead. there? I don't know. I just listened to our Halloween episode or the the uh, monster one though two episodes ago, and Christy was on some fucking shit that episode. That was the spoopy in your poopy episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that was that, that was like maybe the most rambly Christy has ever gotten. <laughs> hey, it got us one of our best sound bits. <laughs> That's true. I should just take take more drugs. Don't don't listen to this, kids. Don't do drugs. Unless you're trying to be funny, in that case, do drugs. Don't do do lots drugs. of drugs. Don't do drugs. <laughs> drugs are bad unless you're trying to have an eye-opening experience and you're in a contained and safe environment. Then it's probably okay for you to experiment if you have some friends that you trust. But you should only do it with people that you trust because you don't want to have a bad trip. Because bad trips are why people say don't do drugs. So kids, don't do drugs. Just let Christy keep interrogating herself here. What the fuck is going on right now? That's your personal choice. Because, like, if you want to do drugs, you should do drugs. But, like, you know, don't do it so much that you're, you know, jeopardizing your future. You know, like, just to do experimentation is, you know, it was important for everybody's development. But, you know, just don't, don't, don't do too many drugs, kids. Just don't do too many drugs. I'm getting tired just listening to you right now. Yeah, agreed. Like, I was exhausted when I hit record and now I am ready for bed. Okay, well this has been Dance Robot Dance episode the, the 68. Episode we've ever done. 68. <laughs> don't don't do drugs, kids, unless you're in a safe control environment. And don't don't put the drugs in your pooper. Jesus. So don't don't funnel that shit. That's no good. Yeah, no no butt chugging nope. uh, you know, no no butt chugging weed and nothing through your eyes. Because you need those for your peepers. No, nothing in your peeper or your pooper. No, no peas or poos. <laughs> Jesus just, Christ. This is going to be in your off the rails early this week, folks. Yeah, we are falling right the Save fuck out teeth. of the sky. The wheels, the wheels are falling right the fuck off. Barely made it off the tarmac, and <laughs> we are crashing and burning quickly. <laughs> What other kind of euphemism can we make about this fucking falling apart? Let's. let's <laughs> well, sometimes when you have too many drugs, oh shit, <laughs> your life falls apart. All right, kind of like this podcast. 
Chrissy, let's. Uh, you want to talk about the news? I have news specifically that you will like. Really? Is it that they're releasing Wait, you, Mass Effect Andromeda as a book? Because in- I don't want to hear it. <laughs> well, Mark, you can tell everybody who's here because I was going to introduce you guys. <laughs> I didn't even get to introduce myself before Christy went off. Well, so it's not already drugs. totally clear who's here. Well, let's try to control the environment because then you, you know. I'm sorry. I'm going to just keep derailing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. Four minutes and 38 seconds in. Uh, I'm Mark. I'll be your host tonight. Uh, I'm here with Christy. Oh, I don't know if you guys knew I was here yet. Yeah, I don't know if anybody was aware hey that Christy was here yet. I am here, uh, and I've got a little message for you. <laughs> <laughs> she was, like, falling asleep before you got on here, Tim. I don't know what happened. Like, I have no idea. It's Well, it's the actor in her. Like, as soon as she's like, oh, there's an audience, my energy yeah. is back. It's like you know me. <laughs> Brutal. Like you get anyway, me. I don't give a shit about these guys, but <laughs> people that I people that want to watch me and listen to me and laugh at me, they give Someone me. Someone once told me that actually, and it stuck with me. He was like, "Christy, you know I like having you around," and I was like, "Why?" And he was like, "Cause you're always acting." And I was like, "What does that even mean?" <laughs> and you know what was funny? At the time, I was doing drugs, so coming on a bad trip. <laughs> But Kieran, Chris, thanks for that. Chris started being like, oh my god, am I real? Who even am I? I've had that before. Am I, am I, Christy, am I, <laughs> am I Christy or Brianna? Did I tell you guys that story? Are you taking that because of the story that I've told you? <laughs> can, I introduce, that- can I introduce Tim that you can tell me <laughs> a story? Sorry. That's a story for another time. Clearly That's Tim's here. Time. Yeah. Yes, it took and- me 90 seconds to go from <laughs> introducing Christy to introducing Tim. <laughs> and I have not had seconds. any hey, drugs tonight. Holy he has shit. had enough drugs for the three of us, apparently. This is why I didn't take any. I'm like, I'm hosting tonight. I'm not doing any edibles tonight. It's gonna be like <laughs> cogent Mark tonight. I'm just going to sit here. Christy apparently did all the cocaine in the fucking Hamilton area. <laughs> Atlanta recently like decriminalized possession, though. Like, uh, yeah, you, you don't get like arrested for carrying like less than an ounce of weed now. It's like, uh, I think the most that they can do is slap you with like a $75 fine or something like that. Well, considering the amount of weed it's going to take to get that country through the next four fucking, well, three and a half years. Fucking cheers to that shit. (laughs) Woo! Don't want to talk about politics, because I sit here for two hours talking about it right Mm -hmm. now. It's been a weird fucking week. Christy! Ah. They've announced the cast for the Lion King live-action movie. I saw that. I did. I'm very happy with it. Are you very happy with it? My opinion is the one that matters as a short white woman. (laughs) (laughs) That is the most important one. Well, I feel underrepresented in that cast. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Uh, I really think there's more white women um, in the production of The Lion King. Maybe, yeah, maybe Um, you could go back to the original version that was like almost all white people. I know. No, I'm actually like, I'm so pumped. I think it's great casting. I think that they have done an outstanding job um making it um you know a majoritively um you know black cast as it should be i think that they've picked the perfect people to be white people (laughs) the perfect white people they've picked the perfect people to be white people yeah no they picked the perfect white people like um zazu uh john oliver zazu yeah pumped do you want to run through the list, Christy, or do you want me to run through the list so you can talk yeah, about you, it? You're doing the news. You run it. All this make All side right. comments that will last a minute. Oh, good. 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 All right. So 
right off the top, Donald Glover will be Simba. Yes. <laughs> Star power, Beyonce will be Nala. Yeah. Who knew that was going to happen? Because that's awesome. Yeah. The only returning cast, James Earl Jones is back as Mufasa. <laughs> oh my god! Did you must. even pick anybody else? Yeah. Like, there's we nobody have else. To, though, we pick. have to watch him die again. No. <laughs> no. Maybe maybe, maybe it's a different story this time. Maybe he survives this time. Do you think they're just going to use all of the sound bites from the last film? Yeah, that's what I was just not even going to record like, James Earl Jones. They're yeah. just going to use the yeah. same, yeah. The same voice, the same uh, voice acting. Yeah. 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 <laughs> This movie, you don't have to pay you as much or yeah, anything. Much. Yeah. He's not getting those big Star Wars dollars since they don't have like Vader in the new movies. So true. Dodgy. Um, Chiwetel Ejiofor, whose name I can't pronounce and probably just butchered, uh, will be Scar. Alfre Wood- Woodard, uh, Sarabi. I don't she's know. She's awesome. Is she's, that? She's so great. I don't remember. Is Sarabi. that the mom? Is that, is that the mom? Yeah. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Sarabi's the mom. Okay. Um, this uh, was, did you guys ever see Heart and Souls? Yes. Oh, no. You know you would know Alfred yeah. Woodard from? She was in Star Trek um, First Contact. Yeah. And Luke Star Trek Cage. First Contact. Yeah, no, yeah, she's, yes. she's powerhouse. Yeah, she's Great. awesome. She's been a ton of stuff. Yeah. She's awesome. Um, obviously, we talked. John Oliver will be Zazu. Oh, I think that yeah. was really good. That one I wouldn't have thought of off the top of my head, but it makes a lot of sense. It really works. Oh, yeah. it's perfect. Yeah. Uh, the only one I don't recognize off the top of my head is John Canny is Rafiki. I don't yeah, know I don't that. recognize him either. But I want—I thought no, he might me. be a Broadway star. He, he looks like he might be a good Rafiki. Like he's got that mm. that sort of wise old uh, black dude appearance. Yeah. And then uh, Seth Rogen will be Pumbaa, and yeah. Billy Eichner oh. will be Timon. I'm so happy about those choices. <laughs> Though yeah. I could have seen—I could have seen bringing back Nathan Lane for Timon, but like. Yeah. I I find I find Billy Eichner pretty obnoxious, but. I okay. think that maybe that'll work. Wow, it's he's gonna be reading a script, so like yeah. he's not gonna be over the top. I don't think. Yeah. And then, uh, Guys, oh wait, 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 sorry, I'm sorry, I'm totally interrupting you like a million times. I'm sorry, but did you? I just figured out who um, John Canini is. Connie. Connie. Yeah. Canini. Oh my god, it's because I ate a panini today. <laughs> um, John Connie is King T'Chaka in what? Captain America: Civil War. He's Black Panther's oh, dad. Oh, okay. okay. So he was the old Black Panther then, because. The Black yeah. Panther is handed down Apparently. father to son, yeah. usually. So, um, cool. That. That's awesome. Well, then he's already in the Disney family. That kind of makes sense. Yeah, Which I guess yeah. Donald Glover kind of is too, right? Because he was just in Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, and then the only other name I... Well, I don't know who Eric Andre is. Oh, he's a comedian. Yeah. Comedian. Um, he's got his own show on yeah. CNN, I want to think, say. He was in that show with... Um, oh, Jessica Jones. Um, the, the Bitch in Apartment. Oh, don't trust the B in apartment twenty three. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Florence Kazumbi is Shenzi, the character who I do not know who that is. These characters, I don't know who they are. Okay, so. they're the hyenas. Okay. Oh, are they the hyenas? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. And then Keegan Michael Key uh, yeah. is Kamar. Nice. Um, so you're, ex- you're I'm, I'm assuming you're happy about this. <laughs> yeah, I'm pumped. Keegan Michael Key as Kamari. Like, come, these are. I'm, I'm excited. Though that's not Ed, which confused me. They've like Senzi Shenzi is the name of the hyena that Whoopi Goldberg played. Yeah. Um, but then it was it wasn't those weren't their hyena names. I think those m- might have been the ones from the Broadway show. I don't know. I, but yeah. they probably didn't have Ed because he just goes <laughs> Wasn't that Bobcat like, Goldthway or something? Wasn't yeah. <laughs> original Yeah. 
but I don't know. I mean, it's an amazing cast. Don't get me wrong. I'm just I haven't been too big on these live action Disney remakes because they're not they're any. not my shit. Like I've I've seen the only one that uh, I can recall having seen is uh, the Jungle Book, which was like pretty good. It got really good reviews, and I I enjoyed it. But really, the only reason I saw it was because like I was over at my company's headquarters in the UK, and there's like fuck all to do, and there's a movie theater right next door, and I was like, what's playing? This has gotten pretty good reviews, and it's Disney, so I'll go check it out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, at some point, I, I figure I'll probably sit down and just like run through all these, like the Cinderella one and uh, Beauty and Is the there Beast, a and yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah, I wasn't like Beauty and the Beast didn't. I mean, we all know how I felt about you and McGregor. <laughs> It's fucking Lumiere. <laughs> but I didn't think it was terrible. It wasn't, you know, as powerful as the original. But mm-hmm. as a side note, Florence Kasumba, who plays Shenzi, was Senator Akantha in Wonder Woman and a security chief in Captain America uh, Civil War. Man, they're just, uh, this is all fucking nepotism in the Disney family here. <laughs> and fun fact, the little one playing young Nala, uh, Shahadi, no. Yeah, Shahadi Wright Joseph. Um, she is, and her parents are friends with the guy I, a guy that I act with in community theater all the time. Oh, yeah. Well, by all the time, I mean a couple of times. His name's Fred, and uh, he was a Broadway star who was um, actually up for the original role of Mufasa on Broadway, but for some political reasons, he didn't get it. So you have like two degrees uh, of separation from the Disney Lion King remake. Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so in slightly like tangentially related news, uh, Jordan Peele. Uh, <laughs> That's what I had to. I was just about to yeah. say that. I was like, this, we should talk about that next. Um, he's working on a Twilight Zone reboot for CBS All Access. Cool. But he, and he was, was he the one that did get out or was it Keegan Michael Key? He's yeah. the guy who did get okay. out. Yeah. So this is like, this is good fucking hands to put the yeah. Twilight Zone in. Absolutely. So I'm, on fucking board with this shit yeah for sure I mean, and it, not that i'm not that i'm i can actually access cbs all access in canada because crtc and fuck you but um but they'll come up with some way to have it and they'll, they'll show it on some streaming service in canada yeah yeah they'll get it to me somehow and i will watch the shit out of that because i used to watch those old twilight zone shows it was fucking awesome mm-hmm. so good times and those like after get out like i if he wants to do horror movies for the rest of his career go fucking nuts because that would be spectacular absolutely so. yeah I'd be actually kind of plays like an episode of the Twilight Zone. Oh, for sure. Another, yeah, like another an extended, really, so. an extended episode. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, if he keeps playing on those, on those sort of like that is an American horror story to me more than any of the seasons of American Horror Story have been. So if he can play on more of those like sort of uh, uh, deep seated fears and shit like that and the the public consciousness, then which which is what Twilight Zone does you know, just historically amazingly, then uh, I'm all fucking for that. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm very excited. If, if somebody with that kind of like mind for that writing style Mm -hmm. is going to be taking the show on as the showrunner or whatever he's going to do, like, I'm just so sold on that idea. Cause it's a good time to have weird fucking creepy sci-fi horror shit on TV. Cause apparently, yeah, apparently it's coming from the real world's a horror show. So TV may as well be too. Apparently the show is going to come from his production company and uh, Marco Ramirez, who is the showrunner for the defenders and a producer on yeah. daredevil is going to be the one that's actually running show running. And, uh, and it sounds like he's going to do a little bit of script writing as well. So that's awesome though. Still like I, I have total faith. It'll probably be, 
Yeah, he'll probably end up being like a producer, or executive yeah. producer, or something like that on it. It's fine with me. I'm good with that. Yep, me too. Um, what else do I have here? Did you see the story about uh, Disney like giving a big fu to theaters? Yeah, for the Last Jedi, the the uh, the uh, the uh, Gizmodo or the IO Nine uh, headline for that was Disney to theaters showing the Last Jedi. I am altering <laughs> the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. Yeah, <laughs> um, that was exactly where I read it from too. So they're the usual split on tickets from uh, the theater and the distributor are usually a little bit pro. They favor the the theater. Yeah, it's it's somewhere it's around fifty fifty favoring the theater a little bit, right? Yeah, a little bit. It used to be like sixty forty, but it's obviously changed since I used to work for Cineplex. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's sixty five percent Disney yeah. for Last Jedi. It looks like for Last Jedi, yeah, because otherwise they're not because they said that otherwise you're not getting you're not even going to be able to show it. So I was like, yeah, that's a dick move. I mean, yeah. granted, Disney's in the fucking power position here. Oh yeah, well. They're the only uh, major like studio making any money right now, right? Like all mm-hmm. the mo- like the stuff that they're doing lately is the only thing that's making any kind of dent in the box office. So, yeah. well, hopefully though that means that some of the other production companies out there will stop putting out shit, like because there's yeah. so much bad shit coming out right now in terms of movies, and hopefully that means that Hollywood will fucking take a closer look at itself and be like, okay, maybe we should just stop just producing shit for the sake of producing shit and actually give some thought into what we're making. Yep. I'm with you. Totally with you. I just thought it was an inter- it's an interesting like business move for Disney to like decide all of a sudden to like change the parameters of those deals that have been in place for a number of years. Yeah. Related to that, uh there are plans Lucasfilm planning another 10 years of Star Wars films. Yeah, I saw that. I mean, that's not that's surprising. That's it's not a surprise. A, yeah. But the fact that they're like on record being like, we're just gonna fucking pump this bitch until it passes out. So No, leave it alone. <laughs> oh, no, hey, everything they've done with it so far is pretty good. Yeah, so. I'm pretty I'm I'm fine with it. Like we've been getting three Marvel movies a year mm-hmm. for the past couple of years. So like I, I don't I don't think one Star Wars movie a year is really gonna like break my heart at all. You know what I mean? And like the quality I mean, to be fair, we've only gotten two movies, but they've both been really fucking good. So yeah. I'm fine, like, if they're going to go that way. And, like, they're also... It looks like they're going to make that uh, that Obi-Wan movie, finally. Like, the yeah. Obi-Wan-centric movie. I mean, people have been clamoring for that for so long. That's that. I mean, that's one of those, okay, no big surprise kind of things. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm on fucking board, too. And, I mean, as long as they keep it in good hands, which they've done so far. Uh, yeah. You know, if even if, like... I would be okay if like every one in every four or something like that is, you know, just all right kind of thing rather than amazing. Yeah. Like, I don't know how high my expectations are for the Han Solo movie. I mean, I'm going to go fucking see it anyways, but I'm not expecting it to be like rebel one good kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Um, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be that good. That was a surprise though. Like I wasn't expecting rogue one to be as good as it ended up. being. Yeah. Sorry. Rogue one. That's what I meant. So like, I was like, it turned out a lot better than I expected it to. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be bad, but I wasn't expecting it to be like, oh, shit, I was really blown away the first time I saw it. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. Moving in kind of like in the same in the same vein there, there's stories going around from uh, the Marvel camp. Uh, the Avengers Infinity War will be a heist movie. Yeah, I saw that in setting, which is heist? interesting. Yeah, because it'll be them. It'll be the Avengers, I guess. It's like the Avengers. Well, I don't know if you can just call it the Avengers at that point. Like the Marvel heroes now, I guess. The extended um, Avengers. 
Yeah, pretty much. I guess you're all Avengers at that point, right? I don't know. Yeah. This is like the big Justice League Unlimited kind of thing. What do you call it then? Yeah. Just stealing, making sure they can get the uh, Infinity Stones away from Thanos. I'm assuming that's what the, the center of the plot will be, but they... I have faith in the Russo brothers, considering how well they've managed to kind of balance different genres as they go into all of these movies, mm-hmm. like, they're, uh, like Captain America and stuff like that. They're filming that like shit that. all over Atlanta right now, too, like, to the point where it took my, it uh, made my commute about a half hour longer today because they were filming in Midtown Atlanta, right near, oh, really? like, a few blocks away from where we used to live. Um, yeah. <laughs> all sorts of filming and like said uh I, I, as i posted on our facebook page a couple weeks ago like the uh cast and everything are just popping up all over atlanta they're actually doing a dramatic reading of i want to say the princess bride if it hasn't happened already oh, um at the local like big theater uh the 30th as a anniversary uh it, it's i think it's combination that and but it's also for uh puerto rico hurricane relief oh go uh i would but i probably can't afford it because it's a charity, and so it's probably stupid expensive. They usually, yeah, mm. charity stuff's usually like wicked expensive. So yeah. So um, Marvel, Mar- continuing Marvel news. Uh, Marvel's new Warrior show is looking for a new home. Yeah, saw that. So it was supposed to go to uh, Freeform, which is ABC's youth-oriented channel. Um, but now apparently they're shopping it around. I don't know what that means. Hmm. I think it's, I think it's just kind of a sign of, of the implosion that we're going to get like the, the saturate we're, we're at the saturation point and you yeah. know, people are going to start being like, okay, look, these series aren't all doing really well right now. These comic book series that are out there. So we're going to take a step back and maybe some of these go on the shelf for a bit, which I think is probably for the best. We need a break. Yeah. yeah we're uh TV wise, like alone. I can't keep up with the TV. Yeah. As it comes out without, really like having to do like a weekly binge of like eight shows because yeah. it's just there's so much shit all the time yeah seriously like it's it's and the other thing is like we need a break from hero t- like superhero tv shows because even though they are great the actual just like uh, like you said the the sheer amount of them um saturates the market to the point that like when another one comes out it's not exciting so much anymore as it's like oh yeah okay yeah, there's not as much anticipation stuff like that, with the exception of like some of the big ones, like the Marvel Netflix. But that's because they've, well, maybe not as much now. But they've generally like the first four seasons were all pretty good fucking quality. Yeah, yeah. Like and they all Iron earned, Fist, they earned gonna, that spot. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, Iron Fist season two is gonna come out, and people are gonna be like, oh, okay. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, even like. Even like Punisher and Daredevil, you know, the next season of those and Jessica Jones now, like people are probably aren't going to be as pumped for those uh, as they would have been if like we hadn't had like Iron Fist and to an extent Defenders. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, we haven't actually said on the show, but Punisher is November 17th. Oh, did it? Yeah, I didn't see that we actually got a release date. That's good. Good. Yeah, it was it was announced like the day after we did our last episode. Well, I called it. I saw it. (laughs) Yeah, I said November. I think we'd all said kind of said November. Yeah, well, I was kind of expecting November anyway, but like I, with the with Vegas, which like at this point, Vegas what? So like yeah. nobody. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't expecting. Unfortunately, it did not last in the public consciousness very long. But whatever. They they rarely do. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I got two more. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's finished writing his ninth movie, which Ooh. will be a retelling of the Manson murders. Ooh. Right. He's also taking. He's also he's offered the role of Sharon Tate to Margot Robbie already, and he's already he's taking his 
production out of Weinstein Company slash Miramax, and will be he's now shopping it around mm-hmm. to see who wants to pick it up. It looks like they want. I was from the article I was reading. Uh, it looks like it, it, he needs a hundred million dollar budget to produce it properly, which I'm sure somebody will finance him at some point. Yeah, but I mean, if he were, you know. There's only four or five directors out there that could probably easily go out and say, here, I have a script. I need $100 million. And they would say, okay. But he's definitely one of them. Yeah. Um, so last one I have. Super Mario Odyssey came out last Friday. Has already sold 1.1 million copies in the United States. Nice. Well, and yeah. you, have you started playing it? I am about halfway through the main story, I think. Actually, maybe a little bit more now. I got I got a solid like four hours in last night. Um, so, so suffice it to say you're, you're hooked. It's good. It's <laughs> fucking really good. Yeah. I was, um, I was a little hesitant cause like the, the cappy thing was kind of like, I was like, I wasn't sure how that mechanic was going to work exactly, but it's like, it's, they fucking nailed it. It's a fantastic game. Nice. See, I thought it looked really fun. I haven't played it yet, but Mark has played it. My Mark. And he's like, yeah, it's okay. I'm like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, it's just not in my top, like three favorite Mario games. I'm like, of course, it's not going to mean your top three favorite Mario games. Those are all the classics. Bring down your expectations, bro. <laughs> what are his top? Well, this is a, another one, maybe a topic for another day. But what are what is it? Would his favorite Mario games be? Probably the original, Tanuki Mario. So number three. Three, yeah. And then I think Galaxy. Oh, okay, Galaxy's awesome. I like Galaxy. Mm-hmm. I've never had a Mario game that I didn't like. Um, this just adds to the pile of awesome that they have managed to produce so far. That's like two really strong game of the year contenders for Nintendo in one year or two. So like they're doing pretty well. Breath of the Wild. You're looking yeah. confused. It's no, no. I'm just thinking like <laughs> if I try it, I wonder if this will be the Mario game I beat. <laughs> Alicia finally finished uh, Breath of the Wild a couple weeks ago. Nice. So. I think this. She didn't look like she liked it too much either. The end, she was not particularly happy with. Um, granted, she finished it like in the middle of the fucking night, like at four a.m. or some shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's she played all the way through, and she basically hundred uh, percented it, which she almost never does the first time she plays a Zelda game, which says yeah. something about it because I think she basically has said at this point she doesn't know if she's ever going to play it again. Um, I've. I've got, gone back and forth on the same thing. Yeah. Um, and so she was just like, I, I'm, I might as well just do everything this time because I'm not sure if I'm going to yeah. play it again. I'm debating actually going back to it, even though I need to finish Horizon Zero Dawn 2 in the next, like, I would like to finish that before um, the new year because whatever. But I do have Wolfenstein and I got to get through Mario. Mario probably, I'll probably finish that this weekend though. So Yeah. But um, I actually, uh, like somebody got me like because my birthday was last weekend, somebody got me an eShop card for Switch, and I don't know why, but I bought Breath of the Wild again. So I'm like, I'm probably <laughs> gonna play it again at some point. Because you played it on your Wii U the first time. I played it on Wii yeah. U, yeah. So now that I have the Switch and stuff, she played a majority mobile. Like she didn't play it docked yeah. very much. Um, I'm just not much on like mobile gaming, like handheld gaming, just because whatever. And like I don't mind the the Switch is probably the best one so far in terms of like comfort, like hand comfort for me. Um, when it comes to actually playing it like undocked but i i still like if i'm sitting at my house i'm gonna put it on my tv right like i'm gonna put it on my big tv because yeah whatever like that's just yeah i don't know i'm not gonna not do that i guess yeah i mean i'm probably so yeah now that she's finished it i probably will end up starting it i'm thinking like some point this month like maybe even this weekend depending on how things go yeah so maybe maybe sometime before christmas we can 
talk about it. Although it's probably going to take me well more than a month to get through it. Oh yeah, yeah it's going to take so. you forever. Yeah, yeah. I was that was literally my full time job for like two weeks. Yeah. Um, while I was unemployed at the beginning of last year or this year, I guess. And it's like I was like literally just running around fucking Hyrule for like ten hours a day. Mm-hmm. Um, and it still took me two weeks to get through. And like, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know what you would consider hundred percenting it because I did not get all those fucking Korok seeds. Yeah, she didn't either. That was that was I think about the only thing she didn't hundred percent. Yeah, everything else I did though, so I'm pretty sure. But now that all the DLCs coming out, so I'm like, do I want to go back and play it any again, or do I want to use my old save file on the Wii U? I don't know. It's hard to say. We'll see what happens when we get to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was it for me for news. Do you have anything, Tim, that you want to discuss? Um, well, there's a big casting uh, announcement this week. For the Lion King, we know Tim. We already yeah. talked about it. Uh, we we found out who's going to play uh, DC's. I'm gonna just call him Captain Marvel because I refuse to call him Shazam because he's. Always been Captain Marvel to but me. I thought Captain Marvel was a woman. On Mar- in Marvel comics, she is in DC. The original Captain Marvel is a DC character that is now known as Shazam because legal reasons. Shazam. Yeah, and uh, is the one that says Shazam and turns from like a ten-year-old boy into a hero powered by seven like uh, Greek gods or something like that. Um, yeah. And uh, so uh, it was announced that Zachary Levi from uh, Chuck and also uh, who had a small role in the Thor movies uh, has been cast as Shazam. And I don't know how I feel about it. Um, Sorry? You ever see Chuck? Zachary Levi. Oh, yeah. I'm cool. Oh, of course she is. Of course she likes the nerdy guy. (laughs) He's so handsome and weirdly Um, religious. Is he really? Yeah, apparently. Huh. He has a quote on Wikipedia on his page that's like super weird. Okay, but uh, yeah, I mean, and, and so presumably he'll be playing against uh, Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson as Black Adam. Who that casting I'm down with, but this one I'm just not totally sh- positive on. So we'll we'll see. He better just shoot every steroid he get his fucking hands on that's into himself. Yeah, because because like yeah, he's gonna have to stand toe to toe with the great one, and that's. That's gonna be a bad look, regardless, because he's a he's a fairly he's not like a he's a pretty slight guy. He's tall, but he's not like buff. He's like six yeah like no six, and like, six and a half feet or something like that, or six three or six yeah. five or something like that. So and like Dwayne looks like he could crack the fucking planet in half with his bare hands these days. Yeah. So like that's gonna be pretty intense if they're like I'm supposed to buy those two guys in a fight. Like I know superpowers and all that other weird shit, but it's still like yeah I don't know, man. Dwayne looks like he could kill you so. <laughs> Yeah, I'd probably eat you. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm not, this is the one, well, I mean, there have been a lot of uh, DC casting decisions where people have been like, I don't know about that, like Batfleck kind of thing. And then then people have been like, okay, that was fucking amazing. And I would argue yeah. that the one thing that DC may have done better than Marvel overall is casting. Uh, yeah. Just really? That's, that's, that's debatable, man. I don't Come know on. if well, I, I mean, that. Part, part of it is that Marvel's had so many cracks at it so many more cracks at it that they've had more missteps that's just law of averages kind of thing yeah but i mean like if you look at the big guns they've fucking crushed it so yeah but i mean dc has as well like yeah yeah, henry cavill and gal gadot and uh the only one that i'm not totally gadot well my apologies (laughs) most beautiful woman on the planet you can just call her that (laughs) and uh and ben affleck the only one i'm not totally sort of sold on yet is uh ezra miller as the flash but um, besides that, they're casting even in like something like Suicide Squad. The casting was impeccable. 
It just the yeah. script they put them in was pretty shit. Well, I'm, I'm still not. I'm still not sure about Dude Bro Aquaman. Like, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Jason Momoa. Jason Momoa. Yeah. Like, I, mm, I, 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 like that one. I'm reserving judgment on. Like, I have. I mean, uh, that movie's fucking like two weeks away. I know. So it's sneaking it's up. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That one. That one's sneak. That one's like Thor. I'm fucking like ready for. I bought my tickets. Justice League. I'm like, oh yeah, that's coming too. Yeah. Like, I just. I'm not. I don't know. There's something about it where I'm just not. I think it's just because of the pedigree at this point, where I'm just like not super stoked for it. So I'm like. Well, maybe maybe it'll be better that people are going in with uh, lower expectations, right. so they won't go in and be like, "Oh my god, this better be the best fucking movie ever, or I'm gonna hate it entirely." Whereas maybe people, it's gonna be going in two weeks after a movie that is now getting like five star reviews across the board with Thor. Like yeah. Thor Ragnarok hits actually technically comes out tonight, so yeah, um, and it's been getting fucking glowing reviews all over the place. Yeah, yeah, I'm super excited. Yeah, so. I've got my ticket for Saturday afternoon. I think we're going Sunday. Tomorrow, four thirty. I'm going to see it. Nice. So, yeah, I'm very excited for that one. Yeah, we'll we'll see how Chuck does as Billy Batson slash Captain Marvel. I'm all reserved yeah. judgment on that one. I hope he's great. Me too. He's really fun to watch. Yeah, I hope that movie's good. Just because I want to see more of that universe with Dwayne in it. Just because I like the idea of Dwayne as a superhero. Yeah. Yeah. So well, while we're on that topic of the of the DC cinematic universe, uh, do you guys see James Gunn's comments this week about Batman v Superman? No, no. Oh yeah, oh, yes, yes, yes. So, yeah. So he went on Facebook or on uh, Twitter and basically went on a little rant and said, "Every time I mention anything DC, no matter what, my feed becomes an endless screaming match about Batman versus Superman." You guys are never going to convince each other. It's just a bunch of wasted energy. This is basically entirely my feelings on the subject at this point. Yeah, I agree. So, so why do you, as uh, I think there's a couple missing here, but it's like as Marvel and DC super fans, you have way more in common with each other than you do with the rest of the world. So why do you spend so much time raging at each other? It's silly. Please stop it. Stop engaging in that way. Uh, but at the very least, when you do untag me, I've muted a lot of you guys, but not all. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Did you see the thing Henry Cavill came out this week and was like kind of mutedly said he wasn't super happy with the creative direction on the DC movies too? Yeah, I heard that too. So they're getting it from all fucking angles now. Yeah, and I mean, really, it's just it's it's tired at this point. Like yeah. we know they weren't perfect movies. You're not adding anything new to the discourse by just saying, "But Batman versus Superman was not good." Like, okay, move on. Yeah. We're two movies, but we're 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 coming up on two movies past that, and we they did just nail knock one out of the park this summer. Yeah. So, oh, here's hoping like they can they can this is an upward trajectory for them, and Justice League is awesome because I would be very happy to see Justice League be amazing because I love those characters a lot. So yeah. like it it would be very exciting to see both Marvel and DC like killing it on like on the silver screen kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've had Marvel fucking like just crushing it for a decade now. So yeah, mm-hmm. well, pretty nice. I don't know about crushing it. There are definitely some of those oh, Marvel on. movies that are middling. You're just sad because you're a DC guy. No, I mean, I, there's like in terms of sort of box office success, in terms of uh, critical success, there are Marvel movies that have not performed great. Yeah, but I mean, like if you're, they've made what? What are they? Seventeen movies? In, yeah, in I now? think Ragnarok is seventeen. I think Ragnarok, yeah, I think Thor's 17, Thor 3 is yeah. 17, which, like, so how, like, out of how many of those are, like, four plus star movies, probably 10 of them are, like, really good. Yeah, I'm not saying, I I would not, so, I would not say that they have been 
crushing it consistently. I've said I would say that overall they've made more like more good movies than okay movies. And I think if you go average, if you think you average both companies' movies out, I think Marvel comes out ahead right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. So cool. So are we good for news? Uh, one last thing before we get get off of DC. Ma- uh, Mark, did you see this like two foot uh, radio controlled Batmobile? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It showed up on my uh, my Twitter or my Reddit feed or something this week. Yeah, so I tell it looks pretty fucking epic. I've spent enough money on bullshit like replicas of stuff the last couple <laughs> weeks. I am sitting in front of one, two, three, four, five, six, six starships right now. It is. It's, it's a two hundred fifty dollar RC car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I saw it, and I'm like, I kind of want it, but I kind of don't want to spend that money right now. Because, yeah. like I said, I just bought five new Enterprises. Yeah. So, but it, uh, it, it has, like, fucking, like, uh, smoke pouring out of the exhaust, and uh, it comes with a little Batfleck figure, and yeah, it's one, one to ten scale, which is pretty fucking big. That's pretty big. Yeah, no, if it had flame coming out of the thing, I'd be a little bit more excited about it, but, <laughs> like, like, that might be hazard. dangerous. Yeah. That's probably yeah. hazardous. I'm sure there's. I'm sure it's probably easily moddable to do that, though, if you really want to. So somebody's gonna do it, and they're gonna burn their fucking house down. Yeah, exactly. And it's gonna be hilarious. Well, I mean, for us, not for them. Oh, and so much. Speaking of really cool vehicles, did you guys see this uh, Star Wars uh, speeder bike uh, costume? Oh, yeah. like that people yeah. did. Uh, no, driving around, I think it's like Manhattan. It looks amazing. Like basically, they took they made like. A motorcycle into a speeder bike but they put mirrors on either side of the wheels so if you know some if they were like passing by really quickly it looks like they're legitimately like hovering floating yeah cool. yeah. yeah it looked it looked really awesome yeah. yeah you should go look up the video christy it's really cool looking yeah it was really looked really really cool the star wars speeder costume yeah there you go okay let's see here and some great music <laughs> jesse and casey's star wars Oh, cool! Yeah, that's rad. They that's they so pretty much cool. won one Halloween this year. Yeah, it's pretty cool looking. Knocked it out of the park. Knocked it out of the park. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Yeah. All right, so I guess we're we're done with the news. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Uh, so that means we are on to geek of the week. Oh yeah, geek of the week. That whole thing we do. That's, that's the best tag you've done so far. Actually. Uh, Thank you for that. Geek of the week. Geek, geek of the week. week. Geek of the week. Oh wait, we should we like continue our uh, our Zelda themed ones? Like, oh yeah. Uh, geek geek of the week. Was that a treasure being opened? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. You got a small key. You're so funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Christy, what was the geekiest thing you did this geekiest week? Geekiest thing I did this week? Um, well, my upstairs neighbor and I had like a geek out yesterday. He came down asking if I'd um, if I'd signed for a package that hadn't showed up at his door, and I was like, no. But somehow we started. He was telling me about all the games that he bought in this package, and so I was late for a rehearsal because I was talking really like far too long with this guy about video games. And I was like, damn it, video games make me late. And you know what? I tried not to mention Mass Effect, but I have mentioned it every day for two weeks. <laughs> like, it comes up somehow every day. You need to start something else. I did. I started Horizon Zero Dawn. And yeah, yet you're still you know, just 
lamenting. <laughs> no, I just talk about it a lot because it's in my day to day life. <laughs> it's who I am. That's fair. Mm. That was probably the easiest thing, though. Nothing crazy this week. Nice. What games did he buy? Oh, he bought bought uh, Fractured Butthole, Super Mario Odyssey. He's just finishing Witcher Three. He bought the Witcher book. That's what I started. I started reading the Witcher series. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So was it a book before it was a game, or was yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. The games are based on the books. Okay. Hmm. Cool. I didn't know that actually. I thought it was just like a game series. Nope, I didn't realize the books are really fun actually. From the you know cool. chapter and a half that I've read. Oh, there's yeah. speaking of uh, stuff based on fantasy books. There has been a lot of like buzz around uh, the Lin Manuel Miranda uh, King Killer Chronicles stuff. I've seen uh, a lot of little little bits and pieces starting to get teased out about that. So so excited! <laughs> Thought you'd like that. I'm so pumped! I actually shared that with a number of people. I was like, guys, look at this! <laughs> but anyway. Tim, what about you? What's your geeky thing? Uh, since we, since Halloween was just a couple days ago, as we're recording this, uh, I've been like in hardcore horror mode. So uh, I, I watched a lot of stuff this year. I watched, I, as our listeners probably know by now, basically all of October and probably back into September as well. I s- start to just like binge horror TV shows and movies and stuff like that. Um, to the point where like new shows were coming out, like that I watch and I was just like, nah, I'll start those in November. But, uh, the one that probably was sort of like the deepest cut and, uh, is probably will like earn me the most like horror nerd cred, um, would be, have either of you guys heard of a series about like 10 years ago called masters of horror? Yeah. 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 So it came out, there's like two seasons of it, uh, for our listeners. It came out in like, uh, on Showtime in like 2005 to 2007. And, uh, it was basically they got all these like legends of horror to direct, like each direct, uh, a story or like adapt a short story. So they're like each about maybe 45 minutes to an hour or something like that. So not quite feature length, but, some of them are just absolute fucking shit, but some of them are pretty interesting. Like some of the people that they were getting to do it are people like uh, Toby Hooper, who did uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or Dario Argento, or um, John Landis, who's famous for American Werewolf in London, or like John Carpenter. So they get some pretty fucking big names to do these, and some of them were genuinely interesting. But yeah, I don't know that I'm. I don't know if I'm ever gonna go back and watch that again because there was some really weird shit in there that reminds me though what did you guys go for halloween we go as for halloween yeah we didn't talk about our halloweens really i didn't do anything exciting because my claws didn't show up until like yesterday (laughs) so uh let's see i went to a party on saturday night that was uh this big yard party that i've been to a couple times before um where you basically just pay like 40 bucks and then it's an open bar and they have like a like live band and stuff um it's a in the backyard of this huge old like victorian style former funeral home so it's pretty like creepy ambience and this year it was like vaudeville themed so they had like a little sideshow with burlesque and stuff like that and i went uh that was right when i was starting to sort of feel sick well sort of at the peak of it so I was like, I need an easy costume. So I just did like uh, my sort of fallback, which is uh, Clark Kent. Mm-hmm. I had nice. you know, a, a Superman t-shirt under like a dress shirt kind of thing and sunglasses. I did go to the trouble of like doing the little spit curl though. Oh, so you went as our um, prime minister. I did. Yeah. Except he did that yeah. after I did. So he stole that from oh, okay. me. 
So yeah, just Tim's just, been doing that for years though. Like his Facebook stuff, it comes up every year, and he he does that every once in a while. I've seen it a couple times. Yeah, I've done that. I've done that. Like I think I did that thing. one day at Dragon Con. I don't know if it was this year, but uh, definitely last year. I think I did one day of Clark Kent at Dragon Con, and I mean it's a pretty easy costume to do, but it's pretty easily recognizable and stuff as well. And why that's why I do the Wolverine because it's really easy for me to just like part my hair differently and then wear flannel and jeans, which is kind of like yeah, pretty stock me attire yep. so especially now that i got these fucking sweet claws i'll be i'm all set for next year at the very <laughs> least, so. um and then on halloween night uh we just stayed home because it was like fucking tuesday night i did uh uh work from home that day so i made sure that i was like around because we did end up actually having a, some trick-or-treaters this year not a lot but more than last year last year we had like two <laughs> this year we had like 11 so i started out giving like handfuls of candy to the first two kids that came being like you're probably the only ones that are gonna come tonight but I think yeah. words getting out or something because like we do pretty heavy decorations and stuff like that um, and like have a smoke machine and like I pump music out into the street and shit. So uh, I guess people might have been like, we should go to that house because they clearly give out candy. So we ended up getting about 11 kids uh, this year. So nice. hopefully at this rate of growth, we'll be swamped in like two years time or something like that. Going from two to 11 next year, it'll be like 50. The year after that, it'll be like hundreds. <laughs> Yeah, I got uh, I got fucking crushed again this year. So like I must have I must have had a hundred kids at my house over the course of the night. So nice. it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, had a couple pretty cool. Like I had a Superman, I had an Iron Man, and a Captain America. So they got lots. And <laughs> there was a little girl. I don't know why that her her father thought this was an appropriate costume, but it was like a little girl must have been like maybe six or seven, dressed as like Suicide Squad oh, Harley no. Quinn. And I was just yeah, like, I've seen that as well. <laughs> I was like, that's inappropriate, but you guess you're getting some extra candy because your dad went the the extra mile. Yeah. So good for you. Um, um, yes, yeah, like you should not have seen that movie, but yeah. That's I fair. think I had 20, 20, 26 kids, somewhere between there. It's not bad. But you're in a weird spot too. Like you're kinda downtown, but you're kinda not. I really thought like, I'd have more kids, but then I realized that the reason we didn't is because our neighborhood is primarily people our age renting. Mm-hmm. or yeah. Not a lot of people retired kids. because they can't afford the housing to buy down here for young families. Yeah. So I was like pretty bummed last year because I got one kid. But yeah. this year, having 26, like I started off doing <laughs> this kind of funny. Um, so I dressed as Sally from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Your costume looked great too, actually. Mm-hmm. Your Instagram post is pretty Thank good. You. Yeah. Thank you. And uh, But the problem was by the end of the day, I was sweaty and like it was a cream-based makeup. So I was just like... Melting. <laughs> Melty, like Melty Sally. Apart. That's pretty good. Though. Yeah. Like I looked at a picture that they took at work and I was like, oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like, it just, I looked terrible. But anyway, um, so I updated a bit when I got home. Not too much because I, I knew I wasn't going to be in it for more, too much longer. But the first kids I got, I was so pumped because I'd taken off my wig and I was so mad because no kids had come and it was like eight o'clock and I was like, I'm not going to get any kids and this sucks because I got home from work like early to do this and I was just, I was so depressed. So um, this kid is banging on my door and you have to bang pretty hard on my door to be heard. So I run out and I'm just like, hi guys. And this one shit kid was just like, oh, you look awful. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, okay, thank you. Okay. And then he goes, we were here a long time. Cause like, I guess they'd been knocking. <laughs> and so I was like, oh, I'm sorry. And I came over with the candy bowl and I was like, don't worry, guys. Like, take a couple big handfuls. Cause I thought they were going to be my only kids. <laughs> and um, this kid just comes in and takes, it puts his like 
just takes a giant <laughs> handful of like 10 candy bars and he just throws them in his, in his pillowcase. He goes, this is the best night ever and like runs away. <laughs> and his little sister looks at me and she looks so like embarrassed. She's like, I'm sorry. He's always like. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for that kid. She only took two candy bars, and I was like, sweetie, you can take more. She's like, I'll just take them from him. <laughs> I like that, though. It's like, I'll steal them from my brother when he's not looking. Yeah, when he's yeah, sleeping. We had, uh, but, yeah. Yeah. we had fun, like, uh, because we had the smoke machine on the front porch, um, and, like, so kids would come up on the front porch, and they'd knock on the door, and there's a little remote control that you used to turn on the smoke machine. So I'd turn oh, it on smart. after they got up on the porch, and every time I'd open the door, they'd be like, oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's wonderful. Yeah. My dad apparently went as the Grim Reaper. Nice. Um, he has this Grim Reaper costume that he used to use all the time. We used to go all out at Halloween. Like, we had this back porch that was really creepy. So you'd have to come around the back of the house, which nobody does now because, like, that's, you know, Yeah, that's how murder. you die. But we had this, like, thing where you had to shake my dad's hand and he, like, painted himself up all dead. And you had to come through, like, he put cold oatmeal all over these, like, streamers so they looked and felt like you know, gotcha. um, gross, dead stuff. And then you had to shake his hand to get a candy, and he had this huge glove on that he put cold oatmeal in and tied around a stick. So he was holding the stick, and you'd go to shake his hand, and it would just, like, squish between your fingers and was cold and terrifying. And all the, half the time, we ended up with, like, half of our candy left because kids would run away screaming. That's amazing. They'd be like, no! <laughs> like, not worth it! Yeah. <laughs> Peace out. My my dad does it up awesome. really hard as well. Like uh, he always sends us pictures of like all the shit. Mm -hmm. Like every year he buys new shit to add to his Halloween decorations. He's got like a fucking five foot inflatable dragon on the front lawn and like all these little things that light up and make noise and shit like that. Like I'm surprised kids like come anywhere near our fucking house. That's awesome. But, yeah. When I have a house, I'm gonna do that kind of thing. Yeah, me like we we already decorate more than anybody else, like on our street at least. But uh, I would I would definitely like if I could afford it, uh, I would definitely do it more. If I had more time, I would probably do something more like custom. But it's just like the the time sink is like yeah. insane. So. Yeah. I mean, now at this point, there's so much like sort of prefab stuff that you can buy that's still pretty good quality. That uh, you know you can go out there and find plenty of stuff that doesn't feel like cheap or like chintzy or like just fucking lame or whatever kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, mm. yeah. Cool. All right. So I guess we can move on to the, uh, the meat of the episode. Let's do it. Meat oh, of the wait. episode. I didn't, oh, my, I didn't do my geek. No, you Sorry. didn't. I was about to say. <laughs> um, what did I do? Oh, okay. Well, I, uh, so two nights before Halloween, my birthday was this past weekend and my gift for my Happy family. Birthday. Thank you. I got really sweet very heartfelt notes from the guys too. I just want to point out that they were very, very, very nice. I got a little tear eyed. Yeah, you get one, you get one a year. Yeah. I was drinking. So I was, oh, was <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. You sent okay. me a little, you sent me a little message. I did. I sent you a very nice little message. You did. See, you both did actually. And then Mark and I uh, did a Skype date and we docked. Yeah, totally. Internet docking. <laughs> My webcam is really like just greasy right now. Of I had to. I had to fuck it. I had to fucking clean mine off. Yeah. I, there was just snail, there was snail trail <laughs> everywhere. I just had to dip it, it in like in like rubbing alcohol. This could have been so nice. Uh, <laughs> of course, we're gonna ruin it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but either way, my 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 birthday present from my family this year was a was a ticket to Guns N' Roses. So on Sunday night, I got to go to the Air Canada Center, and my sister and her boyfriend sat up in like the three hundred section. But my family like fronted the money for me to be able to sit on the floor, except by myself. But that's fine. 
Um, so I was in the fifth row back uh, while Axel and Slash wow. played a three and a half hour long set. And aside from the fact that they played way too much shit from Chinese Democracy, <laughs> which is of middling quality. There's a couple songs that I don't mind on that record, but they don't play those ones live for some reason. Well, and plus, like, it was never going to live up to the hype, right? No, no, no. no. Like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> of being one of those, like, legendarily lost albums kind of thing. Yeah. When it was like, it, it almost, I don't know. It, compared to the old stuff, I'm like, there's no comparing it to the old stuff. Mm. So it's, it's, when you, I hear it, I'm like, oh, I don't mind it, but it's like, there's like six or seven songs from the the Illusion albums that they don't play that I'm like, you know, you'd be really better off instead of playing five of those fucking songs, maybe cut that down to two and do some of these songs from the Illusion albums that you're just not touching mm-hmm. um, at all. But they fucking still play like a three plus hour set. Like it was three and a half hours the first night in uh, in Toronto on Sunday. And like they were really good. So it was it was a lot of fun. And like being that close and stuff like my Instagram was just like all fucking pictures of Axel and Slash like. <laughs> carousing around the stage and like Axel still moves man I was surprised by like he's not as fucking dirty like running around as much as he was but he's always on the move like he's always walking around like whatever still a pretty solid front man like pretty engaging front man for a whack job with way too much <laughs> fucking uh, plastic surgery going on yeah. but also Slash doesn't age I don't know if it's just because he's like he's half black or whatever but like still looks like he's like in his 30s or some shit like that <laughs> it's crazy still plays guitar better than anybody else either so but yeah, it was a really good show, so... Alright, are you guys ready for the meat of the episode? Let's do it! Alright, I already did my portion. <laughs> Synthetic meat! Synthetic meat! <laughs> We're actually gonna do t- a little something a little different here, because a lot of shit's been coming out, and we have a lot of opinions to go into, so mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about two things tonight, and we're gonna I'm gonna try and split the time properly. <laughs> nice. Um, so so we've all... Yeah, we'll see how that goes. I try and keep it to an hour. We'll see how the, see how I do. So last weekend, uh, obviously, Stranger Things came out, and I figured we'd talk about that first since it we we've been chatting about it on uh, in our group chat already, and the opinion was not as what well, was I'm not gonna say it wasn't glowing, but it wasn't a lot of opinion, I guess. So I thought we would just quickly be like instead of doing a whole devoting a whole episode to it, we could just quickly kind of take 15 minutes and talk about what we thought about Stranger Things season two. Yeah, can you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh I guess to start in uh non traditional dance robot dance manner, what did you guys like that you saw in this season? Because I know we're gonna get to gripes, so <laughs> I like Bob. With... Yeah, yeah. I was I was sad about Bob. Bob Sean Astin's character and his his fate. I mean they, they telegraphed pretty be- pretty severely that he was going to die. And uh, it may yeah. also have been, well, I don't, I don't know. Sean Astin doesn't do a whole lot right now, so he might not have been like... Directs maybe, a lot, though, I think. Yeah, might, he might not have, you know, had that written in his contract or whatever. Like, I'll do it, but I'll only do one season or something like that. So, yeah. um, but he was, he was def. I think he was probably my favorite, like, new character of the season. Uh, so it was sad that, that Bob had to die. Yeah, I was just kind of bummed out because, like, at first he bothered me. To be perfectly honest, I was like, oh, this guy's like too good. But then he grew on me and I was like, oh, no, I know he's going to die. <laughs> I was assume- like, I was like one or two episodes in into like after his introduction. And I was like, they're killing him. Like, he's not. No, he's going to die horribly. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Mark, like, I, my I, Mark. Oh, sorry. No, I was just going to say, like, I saw it coming, like, way too early for it to be, like, for me to get any kind of attachment to him at all. I was just like, they're killing him. Like, I like him way too much immediately for him to not just, like, get fucking 
just massacred, railroaded yeah. immediately. Yeah, he's getting ripped apart. So yeah, um, it's too bad because he was really good. Like he was doing, and I think like the acting was really strong this year, which was awesome considering yeah. like the kids have grown up nicely. But like he did a much more subtle job of like that role than I would have. It could expected it. Could, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it could have so. very easily ended up being like uh, just a caricature of a character kind of thing. But it uh, it didn't. It ended up being. I mean, it wasn't like the most you know dimensioned character of all time kind of thing. But people don't watch Stranger Things for like really fucking deep character acting kind of thing, right? No. Um. But no. it. But it was. It was. It was not just a one D like really on the face kind of boring uh, character. So. Well, what I liked about him too was that he did add something, which is always the fear with like new characters that they they aren't gonna actually they aren't more than just like a slight plot device Mm -hmm. like i like that he was you know not new to the town or anything he was this guy who'd been there forever and all the kids had a connection with and even though i thought that was a little out of left field by the end but i guess it made sense because he'd been there the whole time but i don't know i just i thought that he was sincere and sweet and i i know that it had to get us from winona you know winona and uh hopper had to get together I don't know. I just I liked him. I thought he was he was light in the the heaviness that was that show. But if we're talking about getting, you know, a bit more deeper with acting, I really liked Hopper in this season. He was really good. His performance yeah, was he's, really good. I thought I didn't I, there wasn't anybody that I was like I found super weak this year, I don't think. No, except all the people in episode 7. Yeah, <laughs> well, that that we're coming to that. I mean, I was talking about the main cast, like that was Yeah, sorry. I got grapey. I got grapey. We're talking about good things. <laughs> Yeah, we're talking about good things right now. We'll get into it. Um, I really liked Dustin and Steve's new, like, that I little character. I loved that. That was, like, the most ridiculously awesome part of the of the season for me. It was just the two of them, like, quasi, like, brotherly bonding or something like that yeah. going on. It was, like, fucking awesome. Like, super funny. That kid's got, Dustin, like, the younger one, mm-hmm. uh, Gaten, has got Gaten, fucking amazing. Gaten Lazaro or something like that. Yeah. He's got fucking amazing comedic timing. Like yeah. he's funny little. He's a funny little kid. So I was like, and he curses like a fucking champ. Oh yeah, he was swearing like a. Yeah. Like oh, just, yeah. I like that because I I felt if Gaden Lazaro would ever like to be on our podcast, he'd be more than welcome. Oh, absolutely. He'd fit right in. Yeah, yeah, he would totally. <laughs> I didn't. I, I don't remember that much cursing in the first season, and maybe there wasn't. There was like yeah, maybe I'm just misremembering. But it felt like it's like the kids just discovered swearing this year, and it's like Dustin, now now we're in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now we're in an episode of South Park yeah. or something like that, which is kind of funny. Running, but like him uh, with the baby Demogorgon, like uh, yeah. trying, yeah, trying to uh, like lure it in with the baloney and like all his, yeah, uh, out all his uh, armor and shit like that. Yeah, yeah, just saying like shit, 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 shit was just phenomenal. <laughs> One of the best best moments. Mm-hmm. It's a dem- sure. it's uh it's it's a demo dog, so. Right. <laughs> Right. <laughs> his name is Dart. Yeah, and his name is Dart. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I was, I thought he was a great performance in in this round, but uh, I also, yeah, I did really love his his thing with Steve, but I was also very sad that he was the only one without a girlfriend. Mm. Like, I hope he gets one. That yeah, Steve or no. Dustin? Dustin. Dustin. I don't know what's gonna happen with with Steve because they kind of Mike. Mike doesn't have a or uh, not Mike. Will doesn't have a girlfriend. He ended up dancing um, with somebody. At the end. No, that was that's Mike. Oh, Sorry, Will. you're right. Will Will ended up with somebody too, though. Sorry. Yeah. 
But Will Will was still like a huge plot point. He wasn't ready to have a girlfriend. Dustin was. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, it was really nice when um, oh the fucking Nancy uh, Nancy danced with Dustin at the dance when he was yeah. he didn't have anybody to dance with. That was a nice moment. Yeah. Um, I like her. She's a good little actress too. I like her yeah, a lot. Yeah. She's, she's yeah. Here. Let's see what I liked. I I was really happy that we got to see more of Will this season. Um, and but he. Because that was that was the one thing I was sort of concerned about was because we didn't get to see him play against the other members of the team or the uh, the party uh, as much in the first season that uh, he would feel kind of at a place and weird in the second season. But he def- he didn't. He definitely f- like felt like he had a place and his performance I thought was really good this season. It still felt like they kind of sidelined him a little bit for like a good chunk of the season, like having him possessed and out cold and this that and the other thing. Like they kind of put him out to pasture a yeah. little bit so they could keep that old dynamic alive but yeah i think i think he did uh an admirable job admirable job with what he was given yeah and yeah like is that kid not like fucking monona Ryder's spitting image like he <laughs> legit looks like he could actually totally be yeah so i was like every time i see them together i'm like jesus that looks like he could actually be your kid <laughs> but like and just but even his performance in like you know the the possession stuff like was genuinely good oh, like frick. you know a, a yeah, kid actor job. having to act that kind of stuff is not easy right um, and he he did a really admirable uh, job at it. Um, and I love yeah, he was really good. And I loved uh, there were a couple like just sort of moments I really loved. One of them involved Will. I really liked the description of him. Like like the, there's the whole trope of like coming back wrong kind of thing. But yeah. the description of him in particular being like stuck between the real world and the upside down, and then using the analogy of the viewfinder stuck between two slides. Yeah, that was just super nostalgia for me, and I was like, "Oh, that really like one." It's really effective, yeah. and two, ah, oh, the nostalgia. I'm just wondering if all the millennials who are like watching this show because it's like the cool thing to watch are like, "What the fuck is a viewfinder?" Cause, <laughs> I mean, for you and me, that's like, "Whoa, Jesus, nostalgia boner." I'm good. Like, I remember those yeah. things. I had one. I'm pretty sure, but like, yeah. Do you know what, Chris? Do you know what a viewfinder is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep, you got it. Yeah, I used that. And uh, on top of that, um, my family had that exact same video camera that. Uh, oh, the JVC. Yeah, the JVC one that that like purple one. Yeah. That uh, was it. Will's older brother, I guess, had in the second episode. Um, yeah, that that maroon yeah. beast. Uh, yeah. So that was a nice little moment too, where I was like, "Oh, this is my childhood." Even though this is like, you know, a little before our, like we were. Like this is like we early toddlers, 80s. yeah. So. yeah exactly, eighty four, so right? This is, this is like for you know the the kids in the show are like five or six years, or maybe maybe like seven or eight years older than us, or something like that. Well, no, if they're well, I guess they yeah, because they're what like eleven or twelve, thirteen. This is eighty three or eighty four yeah. or something. Like that, well, right? it'd be eighty four because uh, my fa- my favorite part of the fucking season was the fact that they were wearing Ghostbusters, like they all like, <laughs> geared up as Ghostbusters. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Cool. And the two Bankmans, that was yeah. that was a great moment. That was gold. Yeah, that was a solid fucking good scene. They had, some, they had <laughs> the good comedic bits throughout the whole season. I thought like they did a really good job. Yeah, with everything. I um, I Overall. really liked that they also spread out the love, um, a little bit like story wise. Yeah. Because like last last season it was so much about Mike and Eleven. Yeah, I I liked though. Did did you guys notice that when Eleven was um, or Jane? What do we call her now? Eleven. Eleven's just like 11. that's going to be the easiest or, way to go. Yeah. yeah, or L, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she didn't um, didn't have a flashback to Lucas when she was in episode seven. She thought about Hopper, um, Mike, and 
Dustin, but she didn't think about Will or Lucas. Well, maybe she's racist. <laughs> she wouldn't have interacted. That's inner programming. Yeah. <laughs> no, and she didn't. She didn't interact with Will um, very much. Will very yeah. much. But Lucas and her had a bit of a thing. They were frustrated with each yeah, other. Yeah, I was going to say, like for the most other. part, it seemed like they didn't like each other. So that if you're remembering stuff fondly, like that, maybe not the thing you're going to go yeah. back to. So because he was pretty. I just rewatched it too, so like he was pretty caustic to her for most of that first season, like for the most part. Yeah, yeah. The, the, out of out of the whole crew, like they're the two that didn't have uh, quite the same level of connection. Yeah, for sure. What did you think about the two the two newcomers, like the uh, Max and her older brother? I was pretty happy with Max. Well, I think he was supposed to be a shitty character, and at least they made him did a decent job of like saying, "Okay, this is why he's shitty." Because, yeah. you know, it's, well, I mean, it's also kind of tropey, but it's like, I learned it from yeah. you, dad. Yeah. He acted it pretty well, though, so. Yeah, no, he did. And, like, um, his I little mean, bit. It's... Sorry, go ahead. Well, his little bit with the, uh, with uh, Nancy and uh, Mike's mom was fucking hysterical, so that was pretty funny. Oh, like, yeah. When he shows up at the door, and it's just like. It's like yeah. seducing her or whatever. Yeah. She was just, like, hot and heavy for yeah, it. Yeah. Totally <laughs> Yeah, could her like much older husband or whatever. Yeah, that's um, fair. The, she the only she other deserves thing good is... things after uh, having to put up with Christopher's bullshit because that's the the, yeah. the girl that he ends up that uh, ends up marrying the Christopher character in The Sopranos after Adriana dies. Like, it's the same actress. It always makes me laugh. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, the other things, the the one thing that that really stood out to me was, I mean, the soundtrack was really good in the first season, uh, both the score and like the you know actual songs they used. But I yeah. felt it was even stronger in this season. Oh, I thought you were gonna say it was weaker for a second. I was about to battle you. On yeah, that. no, they they definitely had a lot more money to like foot out for some bigger stuff, like getting the police and shit like that. Like that's a pretty penny for licensing. So mm-hmm. they were a little bit more uh, sparing. I felt in the first season with like yeah. what. 80s like music they grab whereas this one is They're just like deeper cuts yeah we got the move we got the money so we can just like grab the deeper cuts and like the bigger yeah. like the bigger hits and stuff like that too because like yeah but, but of- like i said even the score like seemed to evolve in a really cool way this this season like it wasn't like the first season was was interesting and remarkable but it was it never deviated too much from like that sort of central theme whereas here we got a lot more interesting sort of stuff going on yeah. with the score uh, i think that's some other there was some like more thematic stuff that they were bringing in and that kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I think that's just budget though. Like I think they, they yeah. just had the money to spend and were able to be like, Oh, instead of kind of relying on the same like base score, they were able to bring people in and like really score out everything mm-hmm. like individually, as opposed to going back to that, like stock stuff that like we have this one set of music that we can use for here and there. It's like, Oh no, yeah, this, exactly. this let's just got- do variations on this. Yeah, whereas this time it felt like they were like, we can actually score this like properly and do like the whole season separately kind of thing. And it felt like they really did that this time. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. absolutely. And even the um, like the effects work this year, they did a pretty good job for like for a Netflix show. Like they obviously yeah. spent some money. It looked really good. Like, well, they even- did. Yeah. But but on the flip side, they didn't like Michael Bay. It. Like they didn't like go to some ridiculous extreme that just didn't wouldn't mesh with have meshed with the first season. Yeah. Like it felt like a natural extension of the effects and like the the world that they established in the first season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yep. like they they definitely uh, you know brought in new elements and stuff like that, but it wasn't uh, to the it didn't feel masturbatory to use a term that we probably overuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So let's let's get into it then. Uh, what did you guys not like? 
11 in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, hey, 11, come out and play. Yeah. 11 as a warrior. That was some, just a fucking misstep. Yeah, it was a weird. Killed the, pa- killed the pacing of the season. Yeah. It, it felt really tropey. And for me to say that something on Stranger Things felt like overly tropey. <laughs> It must have been really fucking bad because this is a season. I mean, the first I we talked about when we uh, the uh, the first season, like it was just like just Trope overload, just yeah. just reveling in tropes, right? Yeah. Like to the point where yeah. it was fun, but this this one was just like over the top, like too much. And I it's just really, like it was just so poorly like scripted and acted that it yeah. really took me out of it. Like that was where and like we like for the listeners, like we were talking about it on the weekend, like. I I binged the first six episodes right in a shot on Friday and then stopped right before the fucking mine. Well, no, I watched. So I know <laughs> I, sorry, I got to episode seven mm-hmm. and like I got about halfway through it and then like I had to go and I just had no ambition to go back to it <laughs> after that. Yeah. To the point where it wasn't until Sunday where I actually I think it was no it was late Saturday night when I finally finished it. I'm sure yeah. Netflix has some like uh, metrics on that that I would really like to see, like how many oh, people like yeah. stopped watching or like took a big break after episode seven or something like that. Yeah, because Tim remarked, he's like, yeah, that says a lot that like, like, because I'm a big fan of the show, so like, and I'm me, which is like, I will just binge shit until it's done, and like that I mm-hmm. stalled out at that episode says a lot about mm-hmm. that dip in there. And so I was like, it was just like so weirdly like we're just gonna spend the whole episode in Chicago. And like ignore everything that's going on in Hawkins, which is like at this point boiling over. So it's yeah. like we're gonna stop the whole plot and then go do this other little side thing and then come back. Yeah. Like, oh, that was a fucking bad idea. Yeah. But it, also, it didn't tell us anything new about Eleven. Not no, really. Not really. I mean, the, her her little sidetrack to uh, visit her her mom uh, was a little bit more rev- revelatory, but it yeah. still didn't add that much to the character. So it was still it was much more compelling to watch, at least yeah. like her deal with that thing than like what was going on in Chicago, which was just like, whew, that was, yeah, yikes. Yeah, like, and I think like even if they'd spread it over a couple episodes or something like that, I think it still wouldn't have really done much for it. Like it was just unnecessary. And I mean, I understand what they were trying to do, but it just did not work and it really fell flat. That being said, Millie Bobby Brown, again, did like had an amazing performance overall the whole season. Like even in this episode, her performance was still pretty strong. It was just a shit script. Yeah. Mm hmm. I just, I don't know. I didn't, I, it felt like they were like, okay, guess what, guys? We're going to do a spin off Stranger Things. And I was like, yeah, actually, a that's what they were pilot or something. I was gonna like say that. it felt like a backdoor pilot. It totally did. You're right. yeah, Let's see if we can get another just, show out of this. No, yeah, you're not getting another show out of that. I wasn't interested at all. I mean, it was a smart way to test their audience to see what they thought of that storyline. Like yeah. it was, it was, a, it was a smart way to test us because if they got a lot of like flack, just being like, oh, this sucked. No, then they're not gonna, you know, pursue this idea. But I just did not find the characters interesting. I liked it that there was, you know, obviously a number eight, so there must have been a number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, mm-hmm. nine, ten. But well, it's three to digit me, numbers it like, too, which means it could go up to like nine hundred. Yeah, nine, I, right? I was thinking yeah. that too, and I was really sad about Eleven's mother. I thought that was kind of cool to find out about, yeah. but like, I just found it wasn't enough to compel me to want to know more about them at all. Well, the characters were so like just like derivative stock yeah. characters yeah, that I was they like, really were. Like, this is pretty cookie cutter. And then, like, none of them were really particularly strong actors. So, 
Mm-hmm. It felt like no, and that's and the problem with like child actors is if they don't have somebody strong to fucking bounce off of. It falls apart really quick. So that's yeah. when I felt like uh, Millie Bobby Brown like was the shakiest in the whole season, where she didn't have anybody to kind of anchor her, either being like the group of the boys who were all pretty good, or being in the room with David Harbor, who's fucking amazing. So I'm even more excited to see him as Hellboy now. Actually, after this season, so yeah, yeah, which is pretty cool. Otherwise, do you guys have anything else that you were like? Kind of. That was pretty much it. Like it was. There was definitely sequel escalation. It was maybe a little much. I mean, overall, I I I enjoyed it overall. Um, I you know I'm gonna keep watching the fucking show because it's still better than ninety ninety five percent of what's on TV kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't as revelatory as you know. It wasn't as like, oh my god, this fucking amazing that the first season was. But that's because nothing else was really coming out at the time at that time that was the same as the first season. So it wasn't as fresh for sure. But that being said, I mean, I got about what I wanted out of it. Like it didn't blow me away. It it met my expectations. It did not greatly exceed them. Yeah. I'm pretty much in the same boat. I like, I had the, um, I think when they were like having the alien attack kind of thing, because I was like a giant homage to aliens. Sorry, Mm -hmm. I should say aliens um, where they were getting attacked by the demo gargan or demo babies or demo dogs or whatever. I was like, Demogorgon. This is uh this is a little much for a bunch of kids to deal with and like one guy. <laughs> so like I felt like they got off light because like Yeah. There's a lot of those fucking little critters and whatever. Yeah. I was half expecting Steve to die. I thought he was gonna die. I hope I was he, real I was, nervous. Yeah, I, I was kind of expecting him to go too, because he doesn't really have like a strong like plot point. And I guess now I guess being like the older brother to the boys will kind of be his like role going forward, which I'm cool yeah. with because his dynamic with the boys was way more interesting than his dynamic was with Jonathan and uh, Nancy. Nancy, so. yeah. See, those are the two characters I felt felt like fell the flattest this year. Like, they didn't feel like they did anything. That Jonathan and Nancy? I, I, I got a shout out to my boy Murray, though. He was great. Oh, yeah. Murray was awesome. That whole, like, <laughs> um, the fucking how was the pullout? I yeah. lost my shit. That was the best <laughs> line of the phenomenal. year. I just, like, fucking, I spent yeah. my drink. <laughs> Yeah, that was pretty awesome. Yeah, and he, I love that. Like he wasn't having any other bullshit. He was like, "Guys, come on, come on, yeah, yeah, <laughs> get in bed together. Let's do this thing. Come on." Yeah, he's probably taping it. Fucking creep. <laughs> I will say, like, I I enjoyed most of it, but I thought their storyline was kind of just like, "Yay, we get it. We know they're in love." Blah blah blah. blah. There yeah. wasn't that much chemistry there, though. Like, it, yeah, it, well, that's probably- wasn't. Like- I felt like she had strong yeah. chemistry with Steve, like last year. Yeah. Like I felt maybe it's just because I like him as an actor more. Like he's much more, like charismatic. So mm-hmm. I'm more interested in watching him work than I am. Like the other guy just feels like mopey, young River Phoenix. Yeah, yeah I guess I was like, I, f- I feel like he's well, gonna River Phoenix never got old. Yeah, oh yeah. That too. Uh, <laughs> there's all there was only young River Phoenix. That's true. Exactly. Um, <laughs> He feels like it's going to end up in the Tim Burton camp. It's like he just looks like somebody yeah. Tim Burton will cast. I don't know why. I'm just like, this kid's gonna end up in a Tim Burton movie. When Johnny gonna... Depp dies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when Johnny Depp take overdoses over. on meth in the next couple of years, because that's probably gonna happen, <laughs> this kid's fucking taken over. Like he's just got the look that I'm like, he's gonna be the Tim Burton guy, I think, in the next couple of years. He just got arrested for cocaine possession. He did, yeah. He's he trying guy. to enter enter the US because he's British. And uh, I think he got arrested trying to enter the U.S. with cocaine in his possession or something Uh-oh, like that. Oh, bad boy. Yeah. 
but but they covered it up pretty well. It's been pretty quiet. What's yeah. this, what's they're dating in real life too? I guess like the are they the girl who plays Nancy? I, I can't think Natalia so, Dyer. Yeah. yeah, I think they might be. I think I, I saw something this weekend about the two of them like being seen together out in the streets, and I was like, oh okay. Yeah. She still looks like she's like eleven to me, so I'm like, mm, whatever. But she looks like that girl from um, Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants or Gilmore Girls. Oh, Alexis Badal. Yeah, she yeah. got hot when she got older, though. Like, really hot. So, <laughs> wow, I'm very excited for David, Har- David Harbor as uh, Hellboy. I'm looking at the picture. I'm surprised he could get rid of that pot belly so quick that he had in Stranger I, Things. I feel like that's that's probably costuming at this point. I think like if oh, he's yeah. going to do going to do uh, a big superhero movie, he's probably like well into like the training mode that those guys have to get into, especially a role like Hellboy where he's just like. It's his body with makeup slathered on it. Like he's gonna have to be fucking jacked as shit to play that role. So mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I just uh, I I love that scene with him when he's like, "Come on out here, we can sit down and get fat." Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> he was just very endearing. I liked. I I think Hopper was my favorite part of this season. Yeah. Okay. So is that is the is that that's your favorite part? What was your favorite part, Tim? Um. I think probably the the Dustin and uh, Steve friendship. Yeah. That's was, a close second. Yeah, yeah. It was really it was really good. Yeah, that was uh, that's it, my favorite. Part. It was great character de- development for both of them, and it didn't feel forced. Yeah, it could have felt forced really easily, but it, it did. It was a nice it was a nice way of scripting them together. I think like they did a good job of like making that feel uh, natural. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that was probably my favorite thing. I mean, the Ghostbusters, like them dressing up as Ghostbusters, always <laughs> get a big bad. fucking shout out from me because I love that. We shit. knew that was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, I know that was in the trailers and shit, but like, just like especially like them walking in and be like, "Why is nobody dressed up?" I was like, "That's pretty awesome. You're doing yeah. a good job." Doing- well, and that and that they tease that so well in the trailer too, right? Because you see Dustin and you see him like looking at something as though like he's horrified by it, and you think, yeah. "Oh my god, it's a monster," or you yeah. know, something from the upside down. And then it's just the fact that nobody else dressed up. Yeah. Yeah, no, I was. I, they, they played that really well. I yeah. did like the yeah. effect of that, um, whatever that, like the Eldritch Abomination that's in the Upside Down, though. I like that, like they don't show it the, properly. The it's mind Flayer. Yeah, the Mind Flayer. Yeah. Um, I like that effect. I'm looking forward to seeing that, like, more in season three. Like, seeing them mm-hmm. direct. Like, I'm sure they're going to end up, like, taking directly taking that on, at least, if not in the next season, then the season after kind of thing. That's, that almost feels like it'd be pretty awesome. I don't think they, if they don't, if they, if that's not the big, big bad, then I feel like they've done something wrong like they're gonna have to, yeah that's gonna have to be like the finale finale like that's yeah wrap the show when they finally end it yeah yeah i will i will say this well first off I, I liked the shape that we saw in the closing of the the rift i thought that was cool a little alienish mm-hmm. um but um i still wish they'd kept this as a one season thing you think really even though I really enjoyed this, I think it would have been super strong for them to just end the show with Will coughing up the slug, slug piece. Yeah, it's a very Stephen King way to end a end the end a season like that was. Yeah, but it was like, which I think and is then what just I said on our see, episode, but yeah. <laughs> but just to see Hopper put the egos in as well would have answered our questions about Eleven a little bit. Yeah, I think that it would have been a really strong just to leave it at that. Yeah, agreed. But I mean, like I, I mean, I agree, but like I still want to see more. So like. I don't know if I agree with that. Like the, that's all I wanted out of it. Like I, I enjoy the show enough that I, I would like to see more of it. And they've done a pretty good job expanding the lore. I think this year, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. although trying to figure out how these kids are going to take on this fucking like Eldritch Abomination without legit building proton packs, so I don't know where they're going to go with that. <laughs> yeah, but we'll see. Cool. 
Uh, so that's our that's Dance Robot Dance Review Stranger Things too. Let's tell us what you think. Let's yeah, let us know what you think. All right, so we're gonna get to part two of our little doubleheader here. So we're gonna get into uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. We all saw it. It was good. And it was good. So we're gonna we're gonna chat about fucking that. better than good. Oh well, let we'll let Tim. Uh, Tim's gonna. I think Tim's gonna rant, Christy. So if you got shit to say, you might want to get in on it now. <laughs> now nah, wait. I got an, I got a Clementine to peel. Before before, <laughs> before we do that, I'm gonna get to my drink for the week since yeah. before it's all out. Uh, I made a uh, joy cocktail, which. Joy being the uh, the female Ooh. companion of Kay. Oh, my uh, new you mean my new celebrity crush right now? Like she's pretty fucking cute. Um, it yeah. consists of uh, white rum, uh, hibiscus syrup, uh, a lemon ginger tincture, which I got from a like local uh, place that makes like bitters and syrups and stuff like that, and lime juice. And it has a very delightful pink hue very similar to like the neon lights on joy's advertisements you are you two are the biggest hipster scumbags i've ever met in my life i'm actually <laughs> so proud god. of this drink right now I'm <laughs> oh so proud. my god you, know what? you should do this like for fun you should like more than you do you should like I, oh wait no you do cupcakes I do. And yeah i make cocktails. like i make like three or four drinks every month for our uh, cupcakes parties so come to hamilton yeah. That's why do you think I'm wanting to move back up here so bad? First of all, it means Who I have cares? people to go see movies with, and second of all, it means like I get to go to this cocktails and cupcakes thing <laughs> every month. Hey, we went and saw every a movie. <laughs> What's that? I know we did. That's why. That's what I'm talking about. Then all three of us could get Look together. At, Look at that nice. Oh, pink it's so color. pretty. Oh, it is really pretty. <laughs> too. Love it. Somebody, somebody, get a screenshot. That's totally uh, joy. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, Blade Runner. Now that I've, I've derailed or take taken away all our momentum with my drink yeah totally so i before before we get like into the new movie um like at least i know we talked last week a little bit about christy's like experience watching the the first movie for the first time ago. was it two weeks ago sorry yeah. it's been a wacky couple weeks guys <laughs> but like i wanted to get yours and eyes kind of like overall history with, at least yeah feeling about the original movie before we get into the sequel i don't remember exactly the first time that i saw blade runner i mean i remember like the impact that it had on me but i don't remember like the circumstances around seeing it for the first time it was definitely on home video uh, i was probably a rental or something like that but yeah i was just fucking blown away by it like uh, it was one of those things that you know was highly recommended by people whose opinions i respected in terms of movies and obviously rightly so it is just a masterpiece it's it's ridley scott at its finest maybe i might even prefer blade runner to alien I see, honestly i do i think i think I, I i will go on record saying like i think blade runner is a stronger movie than yeah alien, so. um which is but, like you the original blade runner was a stronger sweet. movie than alien yeah i think so oh yeah. than alien yeah, yeah. Eh. The, you know, actually i i probably prefer the original to the new one Maybe just maybe that's just nostalgia talking, but yeah, I it they're hard to compare because they're very yeah. different beasts, and and just the amount of time that separates them uh, makes it really hard to say. Like you know, you could probably compare certain. I I think there are certain aspects of them that are every bit as good, or maybe better in one or the other, but overall it would be very difficult like i think the cinematography was like just as good in both of them and i'm sure we'll get to all those details yeah. uh, later on but yeah no i i fucking love the original i there's not much i didn't like about it it uh i mean look i the version that i have is a pretty bad transfer but i know that there are like really good they've done like really good remasters and hd transfers and stuff like that 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 look a hell of a lot better the final cut blu-ray that i have is pretty much flawless like it looks yeah. spectacularly good so they did a really um, nice job cleaning that one up so 
But yeah, it was it was a turning point in cinema. As we talked about uh, when Christy was saying she did not enjoy it so much, it was just it's a, it's a seminal movie, and you could really see like when you got to about like fifteen twenty years later how much of an impact it had on filmmakers of our sort of generation growing up. Right? I don't even think it was just filmmakers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so, socially as well. I don't even th- even like visual like and just visual storytelling yeah. period because like it had a a huge maybe almost negatively huge impact on the comic books too like mm-hmm. that style of storytelling and like that style of like that I don't know, that like, style of world world yeah like and the art and all that kind of stuff like that was very it influenced both sides of the coin kind of thing in a lot of ways yeah. so yeah yeah absolutely but yeah i mean it wasn't until like 15 or 20 minutes 20 years later that you really started seeing like people that had grown up with that movie or the, starting to really get to the point in the industry where they could make movies that you know the general public would see and then you started seeing like oh wow so many people were influenced by this yeah so yeah i mean i think it's it's a, a incredibly influential movie i think it's a really phenomenal film and uh yeah that's that's my feelings on the original paper yeah i mirror most of tim's opinion here so like i i, I don't can't i can't remember when i saw it i feel like i saw it probably around the same time i saw alien which is maybe a little too young to really get it but like going back <laughs> to it now I like I, I fucking love that movie. Like I rewatch it probably once a year. It's one of those movies that I go back to a lot just because like just the style of it is so in spite of the fact that it's been iterated on so much, I still feel like the original has like there's something unique about it that like nobody's ever been able to quite capture mm-hmm. that atmosphere since then. So yeah, Agreed. I don't have have anything else really to add to that. I just Until to, like, now. Yeah, I, I just wanted to get a little context <laughs> before we get into uh the sequel. Um, I know Christy's sitting there looking a little bored because uh, I just she, didn't like it. She didn't care for the original, <laughs> which is like fucking blasphemy, and I don't know why she's on a nerd podcast, but that's neither here nor there. No, it uh, it just I should have watched it with the narration because I wasn't able to appreciate how cool the movie was because the whole time I was just going, "What the fuck is happening? Yeah. What is? Why are they like?" I don't know. Maybe it's just because I've seen it so many times, I can't watch it with the narration anymore. Like, I, if I watch the you narration don't need version. It. No, I yeah. don't at all because I know the fucking plot of that movie like the back of my hand. So, I was just like, I, what, what? Who's what? this? Is this, Who's this person real? Is this person real? Harrison, <laughs> le- leave that lady alone. You leave, you leave her alone, Harrison. Leave uh, that lady with her giant snake alone. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine was great. Well, you liked it. I did. Interesting contrast. To your opinion nah. of the original, so <laughs> what did you guys like? What was uh, what was what do you think was the best part of that movie? Well, its storytelling was a lot more linear, in my opinion. I don't know if I actually agree with that or not, but okay. Well, I think that it, it might was... have been easier to follow. Yes, that's that's what I'm trying to say. The narrative yeah. was a bit more cut and dry. There wasn't, you know, I didn't miss anything without a narration. Mm, I can see that. Yeah. I thought that the performances were stellar. Yeah, I want to. I want to talk about that in detail eventually. Like, I was floored by pretty much everybody in the movie. Like, there were some people that, like, we talked about Joy. Like, she blew me away. Like, she was so good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, uh, even even Ryan Gosling, I was like, actually, yeah. I really enjoy. It. Like, I don't like him that much, but like, I was like, holy shit, he really did a pretty good job here. His performance yeah, was-, was the only one I wasn't blown away by. Like, I, it was serviceable. But it wasn't like I, I don't feel like it was a tent pole for me. I'm coming in with really low fucking expectations on Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling. <laughs> yeah, because I just don't think he's that. Like for I think he's, I think he's very 
uh, monotone in his performance for the most part. Like, well, overall. that's what you have to say about Ryan Gosling is that he, out of all the people in Hollywood, he's one of the best straight, like playing straight men you have. I feel like that's just like a Hollywood in a nutshell now. Like all the leading men are just like Keanu Reeves guys, like just kind of like, blank, expressionless like vehicles for you to kind of like thrust yourself upon, like thrust your whatever like narrative on or whatever. Mm. So I think he fits into that fine. Like he's very pretty and all that kind of stuff. And like, but I, I thought he did. Talented. I think he did a really good job in this movie. So, like, props to Ryan Gosling for me, anyway. So, yeah. I also, um, I really enjoyed the cinematography. I thought it was gorgeous. Yeah, like, I think we'll have to, we'll have to talk in detail about like the the production overall of the movie because mm-hmm. I like this is like this is going to be the kind of shit that people look back on in ten years. Like, yeah, this completely fucking changed the way people shoot and create this kind of like special effects thing because it was. Yeah. I haven't seen anything that looked this fucking good in like forever. So, all right, this is where I interject with rant number one. My my favorite thing about the movie was everything. Mm-hmm. Basically, the fact that like this was probably my favorite movie of the year so far, and the best film that I can recall having seen in recent memory overall. And those are like a movie and a film are two different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was it was firing on all cylinders, and that is so fucking rare. Like everything from soundtrack to sound design to cinematography to the effects to the performances to the production design the story the writing the casting the pacing everything was working together in like perfect harmony or whatever to make one incredibly powerful final product that just worked together beautifully like everything synced up and it just made this beautiful fucking seamless thing in the end the whole movie stayed true to the original extremely well, but it also built on and expanded the this world and this universe in ways that felt like genuine and true and not contrived. So those were the two things that more than anything, just the fact that everything worked and meshed so well together and the fact that it really stayed true to the original were the two things that just fucking blew me away. Nice. Yeah, I, like, I can't even really think about anything that I didn't like in the movie at this point, because like, even Jared Leto, I was like, oh, wow, he's good in this role. <laughs> like, he actually that, fit that role. That so. was the one performance that I was the least crazy about. Really? Like, it felt a little one-dimensional to me. Like, it was definitely that and sort of like... Uh, yeah, but I mean, like, it was... It was definitely a sort of character that we've seen before. Like, you know, the obsessive sort of, sort of uh, recluse genius kind of thing. Yeah. And it didn't really add anything to that that... Uh, style of character it, it worked with the story but it wasn't wasn't anything particularly stand out for me it didn't detract either again i think it may be low expectations from that actor because i'm not again i'm not a huge jared leto fan so when he's in something and i'm like this doesn't make me want to stab myself <laughs> i feel Fair much enough. better about this so <laughs> but i mean he's he's such a hyped actor right now that yeah like I expect if I if he's gonna be in something, I expect it to be fucking phenomenal. And if he's not, mm-hmm. then it falls short of expectation. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah. Anything else, Christy? What are you uh what are you thinking there? Well, I I just thought it was really enjoyable. I thought the I I just maybe because I don't have the same ties to the original. I mean, I thought it was a good movie. Will it stand out in my mind as one of the best that I've seen in a really long time? No. I mean, I'm holding that spot for Thor Ragnarok. Thank you very much. <laughs> a very but different kind of movie. Yeah, exactly. I don't care how good Thor Ragnarok is. 
it is not going to hold a candle to Blade Runner. I know. I'm just teasing. But um, <laughs> there is a movie I'm genuinely excited about, or a film, I should say, uh, Call Me By Your Name, which is coming out this month. Mm. Pretty pumped for that. It's about two men who fall in love. Well, one, not really, is one's a younger, like, late, I guess, like, late teens. The other is a 20-something. But it's about how they fall in love. Their love is a forbidden love? Yeah, it's forbidden love because it's set in, like, the 1930s, I think. Mm. But yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I thought it was, like I said, I thought Blade Runner had some great visual, great effects, great sound effects. I thought the characters were well thought out. I was sad to see. I I didn't like the one character arc where, like, Ryan Gosling ended up finding out he wasn't the one. I thought that was really cool. But the execution, they're like, there's going to be another movie. I was like, get out of here. Get out of here. I didn't think that they left it open to another. Like yeah, it was, it was open ended. But I and they haven't well, found the, you know, the, I mean, I don't even. I maybe I missed it. I did. I guessed that the daughter that the daughter was going to be the one who couldn't live outside of yeah captivity. I thought that was cool, but I did not see the lines that they drew to get there. Oh, oh, like you you didn't you didn't pick up the narrative line of like did not pick that up. So I was like creates the memories and then cries when she sees the memory. Like you didn't pick that up while you were watching it. No, I got that, but I didn't pick up where like they it became how Kay got the memory and how yeah. that led. Yeah, yeah. I th- I feel like they left they left some stuff sort of up to the audience to interpret, and I'm totally good with that. Like That's a lot Blade of Runner fashion do that. Yeah. yeah. But like for me, I felt like it was that she had somehow arranged for that that to be implanted in K or at least somebody in K's station, like somebody that was one of the replicants hunting other replicants, kind of thing. Yeah, it was going to end up as a Blade Runner, right? Yeah, exactly. And then and then and in doing that was hoping to sort of you know catalyze this whole situation where it would go find Deckard, her father, and lead her lead him back to her. Yeah, which it did. So. I don't know. That was my my take on how that. Yeah, yeah. I, I got I got the same the same kind of thing. Like I felt like she was planting those seeds like through those memories, so that that she could yeah. cause those dominoes to start to fall. Yeah, and maybe yeah, that, maybe that was cool. and Kay probably wasn't even the only one that got that memory, but because he was the one that ended up on the farm, he was the one that it sort of triggered in kind of thing. And uh, yeah. and yeah. So yeah. speaking of the farm, how fucking good was Dave Batista? Uh, he was he was great. really great. Yeah, he was really good in the featurette too, like the little short ahead of the that got released ahead of the movie too. So I already yeah. knew that that was his performance was going to be solid in this too. Yeah. I didn't even realize it was him until was after Drax, Drax the Destroyer. You didn't like, realize this like fucking mountain of a man was. <laughs> That's how good of a job he was doing. I just didn't like see it was Batista. I just thought it was this man. That's okay. when I I really like a performance is when you kind of forget that it's an actor. I don't. I have so much history with him because of wrestling. Like I knew, I know him from WWE and stuff like that. So like, I I can't not see fucking Batista when he walks in. On top of the fact that like, when he picks up Ryan uh, Ryan Gosling, it's like, oh yeah, clearly he is literally three times the size yeah. of <laughs> and that, Ryan Gosling. So. <laughs> that reveal was really well done as well. Like, because you know, at the start, none of the marketing or anything said to you that Ryan Gosling's character was a replicant. Yeah, and so nobody, you know, unless you'd sort of like theorized it or whatever, nobody knew for sure going into the movie that uh, K that Ryan Gosling's character was a replicant. But they they didn't draw it out for too long, right? Like you saw, yeah. 
I can't remember what Dave Bautista's character's name was, but you saw him yeah. like beating the shit out of K, and then like you're like, wait a minute, there's no way that he could take this beating kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as soon as he goes through the wall, I was like, "Oh, he's a replicant." Okay, that makes sense. Well, like, or or you or you start losing faith in the filmmakers, right? You start thinking yeah. like, "Oh, this is bullshit." Like, are, yeah. this is the way they're going to go. Like, we have a fucking indestructible human character now. Yeah, it's it's Bad Boys Three in the Blade Runner universe or some bullshit. <laughs> like, it's just like yeah. a Michael Bay movie at this point. So. Yeah, and then like less than a minute later, they openly acknowledge like that that K is a replicant as well, and then you're because otherwise that's something that like would have detracted until you learn that he like until they confirm 100 percent yeah that he's, he's a replicant, replicant kind of thing it would have like really distracted kind of thing so that was that was a point that i really enjoyed and i i just love the idea that they have replicants hunting out other replicants like that was a great yeah. escalation it heightened the tension it heightened the emotion i mean the emotion for robots basically yeah. but yeah so it makes sense though like if you're thinking about it logically like who better to hunt oh, yeah. like superpowered things than like other superpowered things right that you're controlling so yeah it makes a lot of sense to do it that way, mm-hmm. but well, especially with the fallout after the first Blade Runner movie, where Deckard, although they never really address and it's never really confirmed whether Deckard is actually replicant, replicant or not. Yeah. Um, if he is, he's one that ages, which is unprecedented. I think. Uh, I don't know. I've never. I don't. And, and, not... and has a long expiration. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, yeah. So That's, he's clearly very know. unique in terms of a replicant. If he is a replicant, but that was one of the big things that has been long debated after the original film is is yeah. Deckard a replicant or not. And this one leaves it up for debate too. Like it's still yeah. out there, right? Like you could Yeah, I thought that was clever. Yeah. Th- there would still have to be a lot of a lot of explanation if he were, but it's still th- there's maybe like a twenty percent chance, I think, at this point that Deckard is a replicant. Yeah, I don't think I don't think he is. I think that that's part of the the beauty of like having him and uh Shit, I can't remember her name. Sean Young's character from the original, like having had the baby and stuff like that. Yeah, is it Rachel? Mm. Rachel? Rachel? Yeah. yeah, Rachel. Yeah. Um, is that it means like that that the girl's a hybrid at that point? Like it's not just yeah a replicant. It's like the Cylon can breed with the thing, like <laughs> yeah, with a human, whatever. The replicant can breed with the human. Yeah. Well, in that that scene while we're talking about uh, Rachel, that scene where they brought her back and like for Deckard, that was mm-hmm. like. The emotional fucking pinnacle of the movie for me. Yeah. Oh, and he just shoots her. I was like, oh fuck. Well, and the ef- the effects were just like seamless there because that was like basically a de-aged Sean Young. Yeah, it's a body double with uh with like facial like digital facial rebuild or whatever. But I think but I think Sean Young actually went in and did the the facial performance though, didn't she? Did she? I don't know if she. Did I the thought she was credited. They had a they had a body double come in and do like the body work. Okay. Okay. So that was somebody else. And then I'm not sure if they did the face. Maybe they did, but it was a really good job. It's the best job I've seen. Like, like putting that up next to Leia. the the shit. Yeah, Leia or uh, Tarkin yeah. in Rogue One is going to be fuck. That we're pretty close to the point where they could just resurrect an actor at this point and just like I'll, I'll you'll be able to buy it for a whole movie. It might cost a ton of money to do, but no, they did. They had both Lauren Peta, who was the body double, and okay. Sean Young uh, do motion capture of Rachel's scenes. Okay. Or of Rachel's scene. So, yeah, it was basically the... I mean, it was probably ended up being a hybrid of the two performances, but it was, in part, her performance through mocap. Oh, that's good, though. That's awesome that they... And it was. Out. It was just fucking seamless. Like, you're looking at that and being like, holy shit, how did they do that? Because... I was totally looking for, like, the like for the effects to fail at some point yeah. during one of the shots, because, like, 
that that if that effect's so unproven at this point, like the best we've seen is like I think I mean there's a couple shots of Tarkin where at first I was like, oh yeah, I don't really see it, you know what I mean? But like they eventually get to the point where it's like, okay, that is clearly a Muppet, like a CG Muppet. And then the Leia one, the Leia one was like blatantly yeah. a CG Muppet. So, yeah. Um this one I was like, holy shit, they did a fucking spectacularly good job of like hitting that to the point where I'm not really sure where like the lines are anymore. So that yeah. was really well done. So but that just goes to speak, like, just speak, like, the level of fucking special effects work they did on this movie. Like, you've, I mean, we've seen spectacular shit for decades now, but I just feel like this is the most cohesive, like, kind of seamless effects yeah. work in a movie I've ever seen. Like, it's so well done. Like, nothing, I never saw anything was like, oh, that's CG, like, that looks fake. Like, it's just, like, a painting or whatever. Like, everything looked like I could reach out and touch it, which was very impressive to me. Like, I know they did probably more practical effects than like what they would traditionally do like i know it was a mix of cg and miniatures and all that other kind of stuff but like all of it just looked as real as i would have hoped it could possibly look so yeah absolutely like they better win a whole shitload of technical (laughs) this year you know what i mean like because it was so well done yeah it was pretty it was pretty phenomenal like what they're what they were capable of doing i think that held up to the standard set by the first movie um Mm. to be to go beyond the expectation of what they could do with a world like that. Because oh, yeah. that first movie was fucking groundbreaking was. for the it time as well in terms of yeah. effects. Yeah, too. Yeah. But I mean, we, and we talked about... Like, yeah. like, even, like the cleaned up versions of it, like they still look pretty good for, yeah. like I guess, 40-year-old movie. Well, maybe not quite. 30, 35. So it's older than us. So And one of us just turned 36 this weekend. So No, not by much. It's 79, it isn't it? No, it's like eighty-two or something like that. Oh, is it? Oh, was it younger than us? I thought it was. I thought it was like. I think I, I want to say eighty-three. Actually, okay. Fair enough. Me, I can double check, but nineteen eighty-two. Yeah. Oh, okay. So one year, yeah, older okay. or one year younger. Than us. So thirty-five then. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, we we talk a lot uh, on the podcast about like how effects are best when they're in service of the story rather than really like standing out, and this was like the definition of that. Like all the effects were done, you know, not just to like showcase that they could do it kind of thing, but in service of the story, you know, to forward the plot, to forward the the storyline. They weren't obtrusive. The one that felt like it could have gone that way really easily was where uh, Joy was like sinking with the prostitute. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, this could really like as soon as I kind of realized what they were doing, I was like, this is going to end up being, you know, one of those scenes that just doesn't work uh, yeah. because of the effects, but it totally did. Oh, they fucking killed it. I was so impressed with that scene. Like it yeah. was li- weird and like, yeah, kind of hot. Like it was just the <laughs> weird, like, it was a very strange scene to sit through. You know what I mean? It was, so. Yeah. And there was like, that's, I've never seen anything like that in film no. before. No. Like just, like, yeah, I don't know. It was like it again, just groundbreaking like how that's done because it's almost like double exposure but it's like ridiculously well done double exposure photography yeah. almost like it's so and with just enough uh just enough st- stuff that was sort of off to to make it believable yeah exactly like it wasn't perfectly synced like you yeah. see the hands weren't quite like mm-hmm. the minute stuff wasn't really like syncing up properly and like their faces were going in and out of like phase i guess you could almost say kind of thing yeah. like it almost became like a third face sometimes because like they were melding perfectly when they stopped. And then as they started to move, things got all weird and out of shift. And I was like, I don't know whoever fucking did this fucking visuals on this movie just deserves all the awards and all the money. Like just yeah. give it all to them. Cause they fucking crushed it. Well, this is one of those ones where like 
it was such an effects heavy movie that I'm sure there was probably at least three or four different studios that were working on different shots. And that in its own is impressive. The fact that they then came together to put together this thing that ended up feeling really cohesive overall is yeah. is really outstanding. And that speaks to direction and, and the production team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, because this was a fucking phenomenally directed movie. Like Dennis Villeneuve just knocked it out of the park there too. Yeah, and I really hope like the 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 quasi I don't know if I want to say like underperformance of it doesn't affect him negatively because like this is such like he needs to just be given like whatever he wants to do and just allowed to go do it because yeah. I want to see him keep going and doing all kinds of crazy shit now because he's clearly got a vision that is massively impressive and I need to see more <laughs> of it kind of thing like yeah well I mean the the original one as well like it didn't do very well in box office but then like just gained a massive cult following and I feel like this is going to be one of those ones that does really well in home video or streaming or whatever kind of thing yeah. like it's going to be one of those ones that people go back to and watch over and over and over again just as a study in filmmaking yeah and I think like the uh, a lot of what kind of sank it at the box office too was like like I think runtime didn't help it you know what I mean and it's like it's such a niche kind of product on top of yeah. everything else. Like it's a, it's a sequel to a now 35 year old movie that did not do what, like it's very, it's revered in certain circles. Like we're the kind of people who like dig that kind of movie. So we're like in the bag to go see it. And obviously we all ended up going to see it. But it's but niche. Yeah. It's super niche. So like, I guarantee you, like if we were to go talk to like my neighbors, they'd be like, yeah, I might watch it when it shows up on Netflix, but I wasn't running out to the theater to see it kind of yeah. thing. And that's fine. Whatever. And it's coming out in a time when big budget sci-fi movies are not uncommon. I mean, yeah. all the comic book movies, all like say the alien movies, Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies, yeah. and, and even the non-franchise stuff as well. Like, there's so like fucking Valerian that kind of thing. Yeah. There's so much like really big budget stuff that I think some people are just getting sort of uh, a exhausted. Going on. Yeah, there's some fatigue on it. But this one, I think, really stands out from the pack. It is unfortunate that it didn't. I mean, it, it made back its budget and then some. But unfortunately, that's not necessarily considered a, a success in Hollywood. Hollywood, Hollywood like you've got to like right? double your budget or something like that in order to be considered a success. Well, see, and what they even tell you, a success. And what they tell you is a budget is the budget and doesn't necessarily describe marketing either. Yeah. Like how much they spend on marketing because usually it doubles up the budget. From what I yeah. understand, it's like if they spent hundred. What is this like hundred fifty million they spent on this movie or was it two hundred fifty? It's it's up for debate. The Wikipedia has it listed as somewhere between 150 to 185 million, and that's from various sources. So it sounds like depending on who you talk to, the budget. So they probably they probably put out at like 300 or 400 million dollars on this movie total between production and marketing and stuff like that. So that's a that's not a small chunk of change to make back. I'm sure internationally it'll make it back, but yeah. And then like streaming and. But you, this, and this is the kind of movie that's going to have like a long set of legs too. Like it's going to, like you said, it's people are going to be talking about it for a while, and there's going to be people like us championing it earlier than Blade Runner. Probably like it's not going to be one of those slow burns, yeah. Like the original Blade Runner was because there's going to be enough nerd people. Because every podcast I've heard that's reviewed the movie also glowingly was just like, "Go fucking see it!" Like, why are you yeah. not watching this movie? Because it's spectacularly well done. So. You mentioned runtime as well, detracting from it. So at one point, apparently, it was going to be a two-part movie. Yeah. It was going to be two two-hour films, basically, sort of Kill Bill style. Yeah. Uh, and then, for whatever reason, that just didn't happen. So, uh, But there, there is apparently a four-hour cutout there, and I would fucking love to see that. Blu-ray, baby. That's, yeah. That'll be a Blu-ray release, I guarantee I mean, you that. I don't see how there could be a better cut than this, because this cut seemed paced perfectly. 
And I feel like if there was much more in it, it would have felt overstuffed. But then again, what they cut out could have been fucking outstanding. So I didn't look at my clock the whole time I was in there. I didn't which either. Is rare for like for me, period. I always generally kind of like about halfway through a movie, I'll be like, eh, how much fucking longer is this gonna? Yeah, am I gonna have to sit here? Like not not because I'm not enjoying it, but just because. I got to pee. Yeah, it was. Yeah, maybe I have to pee. It was know. long. But I didn't have like, I didn't have that thought at all throughout that movie. I was just like, this is, they're killing it. Like I was really enjoying everything about it. And I, when we got up, like at the end of the movie, I was like, well, it did not feel like three hours. Cause like with trailers, it was like, it had to be three hours plus. Mm-hmm. So. We haven't heard from Christy in a bit. I feel like we've no, been no, I'm, steamrolling over. I'm, I, the thing is that my opinions are not as strong as yours about it. I simply enjoyed the film for what it was, and I thought, I've, I've said pretty much my piece on it. I thought that uh, they did an excellent job, but all the points you guys are making, I really just don't have much to add. I, I haven't thought about it as much. It was my honest feedback about Blade Runner. <laughs> <laughs> like, Honesty is good. I, I'm just letting you guys go off and agreeing when I want to, but I don't know. I, I just, I enjoyed it. Well, I will continue to fucking go off then because I've got about another half page. And you said uh, you you enjoyed. Uh, I think after we got out of the movie, you said you you pointed out uh, Robin Wright Penn too. I did when we. I did uh, think she her was performance very good. was really really strong. Yeah, yeah. I was. I like. Well, I mean, we've like glowingly reviewed pretty much every performance in the movie so far. I mean, I know Tim's had some hit or miss stuff with yeah. whatever, but like, I I Minor. thought. Yeah, and but I thought she was really good. Mm-hmm. I hope she gets some work out of this since like her show's been canceled. Yeah, so. oof. Yeah. yeah, at some point we're gonna have to address how Hollywood is imploding right now over. Oh, the, the, the uh, right, rightfully the, so, but the quote-unquote cleanse that's happening right now. Like it yeah. sounds like. Yeah, I don't know, man. If you're if if you're a reasonable like decent human being, this is a really good time to move out to L.A. and try and get some <laughs> shit done because like yeah. If you're not you a scumbag, a bunch of skeletons in your closet. Yeah, like you're gonna get. You, it sounds like there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna be fucking out of work in the next little walk. Yeah. But anyway, back to Blade Runner. I'm gonna go off on my my sort of sci-fi nerd love of the movie. Go nuts. Mar- Mark and I are probably sort of neck and neck for being the biggest sci-fi nerds of the th- of the three of us. Uh, but I I have always had a the giant pile of Enterprises <laughs> on looking down on me right now. Me. <laughs> yeah. You don't have a lightsaber, motherfucker. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Star Trek guy. Though. I'm a Star Trek guy, though. I have two phasers. Actually, I have three phasers, <laughs> and I have a fucking working set of Wolverine claws. <laughs> That's more comic nerd than sci-fi nerd. Whatever. Anyways. Still have them. Look at these fucking things. They're spectacular. <laughs> <It's not a laughs> but I've always had a really soft spot in my heart, and some of my favorite sci-fi has always been uh, sort of predictive fiction. Yeah, and the predictive fiction aspects of Blade Runner. 2049 really blew me away like i love the stuff like uh the synthetic farming sort of the extrapolation of like your current the current urbanization trends where you've got like these huge buildings in the la area like no light real uh the areas of farmland that are all like desolate and just like bumped right up against each other and like over farmed to the point where they're just stripped of all nutrients and that sort of thing mm-hmm. um but it wasn't that like dystopian. Like this is my favorite kind of uh, sort of fictional future. Like it wasn't too dystopian. It wasn't overly like clean and sterile. Like you get a lot of the time as well. It felt lived in. I think it felt a little bit more lived in than like. I mean, it wasn't like it's not Star Trek. It's not like the clean like utopia or whatever. Obviously, yeah. 
but I don't think it was like it's not a hellscape either. But it, like it's a yeah. little bit more worn in than like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like that lived-in future kind of thing. Like it definitely feels like it's yeah. a little bit. But Star Wars isn't supposed to be our future. Star Wars is a long time ago in a galaxy far, yeah. far I know, away. I know, I know, <laughs> I know. And then there's all the panspermia themes or uh, theories that go along with that. Yeah, it still feels <laughs> it still feels pretty grim in comparison. You know what I mean? So. But I mean, let's be honest. Especially given the current like pa- or the past year or so, things feel pretty fucking grim. Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> it is very timely on top of and like on top of the fact that, like they don't mention anything political, obviously, but like the uh, the ecological collapse mm-hmm. that I'm like it feels like we're watching happen on a daily basis and nobody's doing anything about kind of thing. Yeah. You're just, it's like, well, I can definitely see like in maybe not in our lifetime, but like I I guess in our theoretical children's lifetime, like yeah. Maybe not, and that's not is, but yeah. maybe Christy. <laughs> well, and again, like that's <laughs> that's what I love is like for it didn't dwell on that sort of stuff too long. You get little glimpses of our world in the world of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, but it's not like bashing you over the head with it. But it's the sort of thing where you can see how our world could end up here without yeah. you don't need to you know imagine mm-hmm. too much to get there. No. And because of that, it makes this world resonate a lot more. And it feels a lot more relatable overall than like something, you know, a lot more outlandish, like say Star Wars or Star Trek or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And on top of that, it had a really global feel the world did. So, I mean, and we got this in the original film as well, where you get like the sort of language blending and stuff like that, but it even stepped that up a notch as well in this one. Like get and the Admiral came back to do his little yep. thing too. I love Edward James almost. I want to watch. I think I'm going to watch Battlestar Galactica again in the near <laughs> not too distant future. I have it on Blu-ray and it's still in the fucking wrapper. I need to. Yeah, yo, I don't it. have it. It's not in the wrapper, but I have it on Blu-ray. Definitely, the, like I've been looking forward to kind of sitting down and watching again. I just like I need to be in like the right mood. And like after watching Blade Runner, I was like, oh man, I could totally go and fucking watch at least yeah. the first like season of Galactica, especially. Eh. Yeah. So fucking good. <laughs> But yeah, like the and and going off that global feel, like the well, they had like the the pirate dude from um what, Captain. I can't remember what the fucking movie was. The one with Tom Hanks. No, not that guy. Barkad Abdi as Doc Badger, the guy that Kay takes the horse, the the horse figure to, and he says like, "This is real wood. I'll give you oh, like." Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but all that sort of stuff, like where you had all these weird, like blending of cultures and stuff like that was really cool. And then the sense of place in each area that we visit in the film was really cool as well. Like the first movie generally just takes place in that like LA kind of area. Yeah. But here we get out to the farmland, which is presumably like, I don't know, Northern California or like Northwest or something like that. Maybe Valley or something like that. Yeah, and then that had an amazing sense of place, and then you get to Vegas, and it had a fucking outstanding sense of place. Probably the coolest, like, sequence of the movie, just, like, visually for me. Like, I don't know mm-hmm. why I was so blown away by, like, Neo-Vegas. It, like, looked amazing. So. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then um, wherever the, like, uh, memory factory was supposed to be, I don't think I caught where it was supposed to be, but could have been like in the like colorado and the rockies or something like that yeah i was it was, was i kind of it was snowy but like there was i felt it could have been the bay area too like who knows what climate change does to like because san francisco yeah. is generally colder than la tends to be right so yeah if or even like pasadena like somewhere up in the yeah, yeah northern parts of california or whatever yeah yeah let's see yeah that's that's I, I can stop there for now well no i think you like i don't have like i've got shit to say but yeah. i don't have like a ton of shit to say so like <laughs> 
I'm just kind of agreeing with you as we go along. And as you bring stuff up, I'm pointing it out. And obviously, Christy's kind of quasi-tuned us out. A little. (laughs) In terms of sort of more thematic elements, then, I loved how much it played off of the idea of uh, synthetic memory and whether sort of something synthetic can become real or be considered real kind of thing. Because that was, I mean, this whole thing is based off of, you know, the Philip K. Dick short story, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep? And that was basically the core of that, right? Is if you have an Android, you know, if you have a robot and it dreams, are its dreams real, you know, kind of thing. But it that blurring, I mean, there was definitely that blurring in the first movie, but this took it to an entirely different level with like the child and everything and like the implanting of memories and going more in depth into that. So it they uh, genuinely made us care for multiple synthetic characters. Yeah. Uh, I mean, K, obviously, Joy, like the moment that we fucking lose Joy. Oh, I was Kay crushed. K loses Joy. That was heartbreaking. Oh, when like the big, yeah, the, the huge Joy also called him Joe and you realized it wasn't, mm-hmm. it, she wasn't special. It was just, it was just part of her programming. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh God. Yeah. And that like really jarring, like sobering reminder um, on the rooftop after he gives her the uh, emanator and she's like experiencing the rain and they're about to kiss and, and he gets a call from the office. Yeah. And it like pauses her. Yeah, and it just freezes. Like, that was so well done and just so, like, such a just jilting reminder that yeah. this character that you've seen this, you know, sort of emotional connection with between these two characters for the last, like, 10 minutes is just all manufactured. Yeah, it's all, to- it's, to- it's a holodeck, right? Like, but it's, it's real to him, right? And to what extent, like, does that matter? How much does that matter that she's synthetic when he clearly you know has feelings like real yeah. Yeah. yeah that was so powerful all yeah. of that i was i was that was probably my i don't say it's my favorite aspect of the movie because obviously i had like production design stuff that i was just like totally mm-hmm. bonering all over but like i think like story-wise or like character-wise like their relationship was was the movie to me like that was what i was so totally fascinated by like these two technically synthetic beings like having this like what looked like a genuine relationship even yeah. though it was like he's whatever they are, like Android-y kind of synthetic. I don't even know what you call them, like skin jobby, whatever. Replicant. Fucking Cylons. Replicant. Yeah. But like, you don't know, you don't get a real sense of them. Like they're technical, techno organic. Like they're not. Yeah. I mean, they still like, bleed. Their blood is yeah. red. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like they're still, like, they never really sh- tell you at what level. I mean, and, and even like the Rachel skeleton, like you don't see, understand that she's synthetic until you get like super yeah, like, close up and deep, you see her. Deep, serum, deep dive. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's not like it's a Terminator skeleton under it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they still have like a, a relatively or, or circuitry, all aren't you? Yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So like you don't get that kind of thing. So it's like, what is theoretically a fake man and a like a, a hologram woman having this like relationship that was really good? And I love that. Like I mean, obviously if the actress was gorgeous, but like she was mm-hmm. so good that I'm like mm-hmm. I can't wait to see her in more stuff. Like she's someone I definitely think people will notice and be like. Yeah, let's get her to like act in other stuff. Like she was fucking spectacularly good. So she was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I was. I was a big fan of her. I also thought that um, it's it's kind of jarring because you realize that that could be the way a lot of people do choose to interact with romance in the future. I'm getting there. If they had that option, I would be thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, but honestly, is that yeah, is that so bad? Like, if there are people that decide that. I mean, we've got people at this point that have decided like I can't bother with food, so Soylent. Yeah. Well, we've already got people who've decided that pillows are like, yeah. life mates. You and, know what I mean? And like, and, like, and like sex dolls and That's stuff like that. And, and we're not 
I honestly, I don't think that's so bad. You know, if you need that sort of physical contact kind of thing, but you, for whatever reason, don't think you're cut out for a relationship with a real person, then, I mean, we're, we're wired to need that sort of intimacy and, uh, and connection with somebody. And if for whatever reason you can't achieve that, whether it's that you have physical issues or mental issues or whatever, I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that being the way that people achieve that intimacy and that connection. I'm okay with it until it takes my partner away. <laughs> well, that and like as long as they're doing it in a way that doesn't affect their interactions yeah. with other people, right? Like if you start treating other people like you treat your sex dollar or companion bot or whatever kind of thing, yeah. obviously that's a problem. It just uh, well, it's like there's a there's this there's an I'm not sure if it's like it's just like Star Trek fan theory or whatever, but like a lot of people will say like the, the second we invent holodecks the way like Star Trek holodecks work, that'll be the last invention that human humanity ever creates because. <laughs> everybody will just become everybody will just like yeah. the only thing you'll do is like exist to pay to use the holodeck yeah. at that point well we're not too far off up. no i mean you've got like uh so many VR. VR worlds and stuff like that and i mean second life has been around for what like 10 years now or something like yeah. that Rocky there are people Warden, that live in second life like that's yeah. their entire world like to the point where they actually make money off of it and that kind of yeah. thing so i mean we're not that far off from that already God, I, I mean, want it's, it's so bad. Yeah, it's it's a minority rather than you know, it's not yeah. a, a mainstream thing, but it's there. Yeah. Synthetic reality is is reality at this mm-hmm. point. It's just the degree. Well, it's like that. I think I've brought yeah. it up before. It's like that quick minute in Family Guy where the guy is given a a sex doll he can make look like anyone he wants, or is that Futurama? It's Futurama, and then uh, it's like, and then he never leaves his apartment and just dies an old man who never stopped making out or had a job or anything like that because he was just so in love with his doll yeah yeah the the only i had a couple other minor points one well not minor i i loved the score and the sound design in in yeah. this movie both of them were mm-hmm. done really really well um i loved how much the score harkened back to the the vangelis score from the original one um yep. which honestly that out of everything in the original movie that has probably aged the worst but I still enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's like synthy in, in a very obviously like 80s synthy kind of way. But yeah, and and this this paid uh, homage to that without necessarily, uh, but without feeling really dated. Like it it again, it just took it and elevated it to another level. Yeah. But the sound that so I talked on our it episode about how much the uh, sort of really obtrusive sound design took me out of that movie. This was exactly the opposite for me. This was a movie where the sound design and the score were both definitely very prominent, but it, it ended up being used so integrally and so sort of seamlessly that it really featured instead of detracting from the overall mm-hmm. experience. Yeah. I'd agree um, with that. Yeah. And that's it. I have one minor gripe and that's, that's go nuts. Well, let's, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's wrap it up. Cause we're well over yeah. two hours. I mean, even with, even with a break, <laughs> we've got so. some stuff to cut out. My, yeah. my one minor gripe, uh, is there was definitely some like sort of anti-corporate sentiment in this. And again, it wasn't hammered on. Um, but it's something and it, and it was presented pretty like non-judgmentally, but that's something that I've got a lot of fatigue on now. Because there's so much of that in, well, I mean, sci-fi, fantasy, not maybe not fantasy, but like all these like dystopian movies we've got coming out right now, like shit like Hunger Games and Maze Runner and all that sort of stuff. Like all of those are very much like 
anti-establishment kind of thing and i'm getting a little bit sick of that uh feeling but again it it, it was a minor gripe because it wasn't really like they weren't beating you in the head with it it was and that was also quasi present in the original too like it maybe wasn't because it wasn't as like uh an immediate as immediate a concern as it is now like yeah we're at the point now where like corporations are people and blah 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 blah, like whatever weird nonsense is happening down in that beautiful country that you're living in right now (laughs) but uh but I mean, as much as there are, you know, those big sort of corporate entities that feel soulless, there are also ones that are doing a lot of good in the world. You get like uh, companies like Tesla or Google or whatever. Even my, even Microsoft these days has been doing, you know, good things well, I mean, for Bill a lot Gates of especially. Um, yeah. But he's not that associated with Microsoft. But Microsoft as well. But yeah, so I mean that that's is just sort of starting to get played out. Yeah. Um, in in that I respect, did like, but. Um, like the fact that they still had Pan Am science and shit like that, like yeah. they still had like some stuff that is now defunct. Well, anachronistic, right? Like it's yeah. just not there anymore. So like the big the big Atari logo and shit like that, I was like, that's pretty fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. So and and the thing is too, like it, it's the sort of thing where if that wasn't there, then maybe it would have felt weird and like something was missing, kind of thing yeah. in the world. So maybe they had to include it, but just given the current climate of things, it's one thing that I could have maybe done without. Yeah, maybe I just don't see it as much or it doesn't bother me because I kind of agree with the sentiment overall, like whatever, but I, I didn't, that didn't face me too much. So yeah, cause I didn't really, I can't think of anything that like, like I would, would gripe about in this movie. So aside from them killing joy, which just like broke my fucking heart. So yeah, they had to. Yeah, but it, but it wasn't unnecessary. It was, it definitely, you know, it wasn't wasted. Um, no. And that just means they did it right because I was so like, just like crushed by it happening. I was like, oh, fuck, God damn it. That bitch. But- now she needs to die horribly so and they did telegraph it pretty badly like to be fair as soon as i knew as soon as i heard uh them talking about like how they were going to yeah. download her oh, just yeah, to the emanator done. and yeah. delete and delete the backup i was like yeah she's not gonna yeah, she's die. done yeah so i i do yeah, i thought exactly the same thing as soon okay. as he bought her the, the gizmo i'm like they're gonna crush that gizmo and she's gonna like that's it like they're gonna yeah. destroy her so yeah um but, but yeah even as much as it was telegraphed it was really powerful yep and that scene, that scene with Wallace and the birth of the new replicant, that was also really fucking powerful. Oh yeah, that was really, and it was like it was so creepy too. Like it was, it was unsettling. Yeah. So, no, they did a really good job. I love that movie. I can't wait to like, I, like I feel like I, now I want to watch it again. So yeah, I, I actually broke one of my personal rules, sort of in prep of this. Um, I downloaded a cam rip of oh did you okay Blade Runner, which i never fucking do just because it's been a couple weeks now since i saw it yeah I, I didn't watch the whole thing but i just uh sort of maybe watched the first half hour or something just to get myself back in the mood for it but Fair with enough. that we can close out because we are well over two hours and christy apparently needs to go to sleep yeah mm-hmm. something all right awesome <laughs> all right guys so thanks for listening um you can let us know what your thoughts on everything we talked about tonight because there was a fucking shit ton of stuff that we talked about <laughs> So get on Facebook, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. Um, our Twitter's at DRD underscore podcast, or you can shoot us an email at uh, dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. Um, you can subscribe if you haven't already on Apple podcasts or the Google play store, give us a rate and review of the platform of your choice. It would help us out immensely. I guess that's pretty much it. So I've been Mark. I'm your host tonight. Tim's here. Going back to stranger things. Hashtag justice for muse. <laughs> there you go. And Christy. Bye. All right, guys. Have a good night.